Eight, Season 7, and time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at a week of wrestling with your most fickle host, Lip Hazywood, where we take a look at the big three. That's Monday Night Raw, the NXT, and Friday Night Smackdown, and in that very particular order as well, listener. Now, there's only one thing left to do, and that's to say, Shabalabadoo! It's time to start the wrestling show, so if you will please, take it away, and let's go! Oh, hello there. It's that time once again for the wrestling show to begin. So let's kick off with a little song in a. Oh, that's me. Welcome to The Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Representing the WWE and live from the Delta Center in Salt Lake City in Utah, it's Monday Night Raw. Air date, September the 18th, 2023. This episode is, of course, The Road to Fastlane? Question mark? Nevertheless, before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non-competitors. They are the glue that holds the building together. First and foremost, it is uh, the authority figure representing it's Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, they are the team of Jackie Redmond and Byron Saxton. And heading into the ring, we have the announcer letting everybody know who's about to fight and the results of such matches. We've got ourselves Samantha Irving, and last, but certainly not least... We've got the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators. The whole damn show, they are the team of my personal favorite. He's a future Hall of Famer. He's got the, he's the man with the raspy yet very soothing voice. He's, of course, he's got great insight of what's going on in the show. He is truly is a, a narrator. Um, he, I've got a personal man crush on him, and he is Wade Barrett. And, of course, backing up Wade Barrett, he's the... Uh, He's a veteran of over well over 25 years um, doing his main show here. It's a Michael Cole. Now, without any further kadoos, let's get started with the, the show. And uh, here we go. Now we start the show off really big. Um, now, he hasn't been Wrestling in the show. He has been on the Raw for a few weeks now. Family. But here he is.
There's a bathroom stall I'm finally here The toilet's there I'm about to blow I ate five tacos before the show Shut the door and I sit down on the throne Oh, whoa I was never party trained When I was younger My father was never there I did a poo today, don't have to do laundry I told my mother And if he's here today, I would proudly say I would have told my father I'm a big boy now Don't need no diapers now Don't need to buy any more V-Pain I got my freedom so, that's right. We got ourselves a little bit of a, a Cody Rhodes coming down there. And, uh, why? He wants to say a little bit of something? Hey, so, uh, Utah, what do you want to talk about? So I guess, uh, he's got to talk about a couple things, but then we got ourselves something else coming in. Oh, Dominic Mysterio coming in there. Well, your mom told me the other day that you're never home for pie. So I promised her in early May I'll make a pie. I'll make an apple pie. That's right. Judgment Days. Dominic Mysterio comes down to the ring there. And uh, I guess uh, he's got some stuff to say, you know. Uh, he's talked about uh, how the fact that uh, uh, Rhea Ripley is not present in the show today. After all, she's been injured last week. And uh, he's talked about this match against uh, Cody Rhodes and Dominic Mysterio. And Cody Rhodes, the match together, he's going to be uh, the victory. He's going to dedicate his victory to uh, Rhea Ripley. How? heartwarming is that anyways Cody Rhodes did his best to squash you know Dominic Mysterio but you know what Dominic Mysterio holds a lot of heat around here holds a lot of heat and so you can't really um, you know squash Dominic Mysterio everybody is booing the holy hell out of him so because oh I don't think anybody heard that you heard what you're saying can you repeat what you're saying there <laughs> I'm being hilarious I'm Cody Rhodes anyways yeah, Cody Rhodes, you know, uh, he uh, he just he just loves to be loved. And, uh, the, you know, he gets booked so well. I mean, how can he get even more love now but book someone with the most hated person in wrestling? So here we go. Now, before we can uh, get this match on, we got ourselves a little bit of something else. Oh! Rest of Judgment Day. It's uh, with Finn Balor and Damien Priest coming down to the ring, too. You set your into three so we got some big old uh, problems here, but Dragon Lee, he's sitting in the crowd there. He's uh, you know, he's checking out his future competition. He's the next and challenger to the uh, North American Championship. The so yeah, it's gonna be pretty good. <clears throat> but as for now, it's gonna be uh, the one-on-one -on -one match, uh, you know, and it's gonna be next week on Raw. You know, Dragon Lee hitting the big time. This won't be tomorrow on NXT. It's too important for that, I guess. So now we got ourselves a big match. It's uh, Dominic Mysterio versus Cody Rhodes. This match was 
this now on paper dominic mysterio cody rhodes this could go this could have been a barn burner this could be like a 10 minute match this could go on for this can go online all night people could chair uh uh you know fight forever that could have been the chant for today but uh i don't know what's going on this was short it's a short match not short and sweet short and ugly um because i know both these wrestlers i'm not a big fan of cody rhodes but i'm a big fan of dominic mysterio they both can put great matches together they both can put on barn burners for sure knuckle dusters but like i said this was short uh, and this is uh about uh, you know making cody rose look good look like the superhero so in this match is in this short short match cody rhodes uh you know it's basically a three-on-one you know uh, dominic mysterio just you know distracts the referee cody rhodes gets uh, pulled off the ring apron by uh, you know finn balor Finn Balor inside the ring. Mm-hmm. Now later on in the match, uh, we got ourselves an interesting thing. I'm not sure what's going on here, but it starts off as uh, Dominic Mysterio trying to attempt a uh, suplex on Cody Rhodes. I'm not sure what happened. Maybe Cody Rhodes didn't think Dominic Mysterio had it in him to suplex him, so he took it upon, uh, took it upon himself to suplex himself. So he took he like he took a giant jump over top of uh, you know uh, Dominic Mysterio. And it's instead of a suplex, it looked like some sort of a uh, what's that uh, blockbuster? A blockbuster. It was weird. It looked like uh, yeah, it looked like some sort of neckbreaker that Cody Rhodes was giving to uh, Dominic Mysterio. Very strange, very strange indeed. This happenstance in the ring near, but we move on. Eventually, Cody Rhodes gets his Cody Cutter on Dominic Mysterio, and then hits him with the crossroads, and the game was over. Two minutes and ten seconds. Now I couldn't believe they're treating Dominic Mysterio like that. Dominic Mysterio has a big match next week against Dragon Lee, and he he, he drops a clean a clean loss to uh, Cody Rhodes a week before his big match. Really, 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 they couldn't have like a disqualification in this match. Like ended in disqualification, a little little bit more honorable. I mean, uh, you know, it could have been worse. I mean. Uh, Dominic could have lost with the roll-up. Anyways, before Cody Rhodes um, gets his arse beaten by, you know, three-on-one, Damien Priest, Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, kind of get uh, teamed up. But we got ourselves... That's right, Kevin Owens' music hits. We got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn hitting the ring there, saving... Um, Cody Rhodes is behind. So now, with the Judgment Day gone, and they're about to go to commercial break, why uh, Cody Rhodes is about to hit the hay, hit the road, hit the roads, when Kevin Owens asked him back to the ring. And when they got back from commercial break, Kevin Owens can finally go on to what he has to do. And he sells it off by saying, you know, I'm a... Now that commercial break's over, I can finally ask you what I need to ask you so then everybody can hear. Oh my. It's like, wow, really? Anyways, what the question he had to ask was uh, Cody Rhodes. It's like, hey, Cody, why did you uh, have you know, Jay Uso come to Raw? As if it was his choice, you know, it's like, good rating. <laughs> hey, as if uh, Cody has any choice of who comes and goes from uh, the wrestling, the WWE. Anyway, so it comes down to that. And because he's got a big problem, he's got a trust issues with uh, Jey Uso. And it comes down to this, you know, it's like, so why did you do it? So why? 
You know, it's your fault for bringing him in. So what is your what is your reasoning? And Koi Rosick, well, let me tell you something. You know, uh, I like to make people happy. I'm Cody Rhodes, and I'm a people pleaser. Everybody here wants Jay Uso here, right? I'm Cody Rhodes. Wow, it would almost seem like Cody Rhodes is in the studio itself. Hi, I'm Cody Rhodes. And he basically says, uh, Everybody needs second chances, Kevin Owens. And Sami Zayn pops in there, interjects, and says, Not to pile on! But he agrees with uh, Cody Rhodes that everybody needs second chances. Um, Kevin Owens uh, gave Sami Zayn a second chance, and Sami Kevin took Kevin a second chance, and with those second chances, they became tag team champs for a hot minute. But they were champions for a bit. And, uh, of course... He thinks Sami Zayn thinks uh, Jade and needs a second chance. Cody Rhodes too. But Kevin Owens, he doesn't forget. He does not forget the past. And he remembers, what are you guys talking about? You want me to forget everything? What he did? He cost us championship opportunity. Not just opportunity. He he, offered, he, he uh, cost us championship gold with his interference in our matches. We would be champions right now if it weren't for him. So how you want to forgive him for that? It's like, well, I guess I'll have to play your game. So for now. So then we go backstage and we go for our next match. Before our next match, we cut ourselves a little bit uh, prior to the match. It's been, now the match was supposed to be a two out of three fall match. It's uh, the New Days, Kofi Kingston, Xavier Woods versus uh, the Viking Raiders, Eric and Ivar. But apparently... Eric has not been medically cleared for this match. Eric injured yet again. He is definitely a snowflake of a man. He always injured. You know, not at first rodeo being injured. So now, of course, this match can't go on. But uh, there's got to be something to happen. So apparently, this match will happen somewhat, a form of this match. It's going to be a one-on-one -on -one match. It's going to be Ivar versus... Now, they had a predetermined who's going to win this match. Who's going to win this match? You know, uh, who's going to go fight uh, Ivar? Will it be Kofi Kingston? Will it be Xavier Woods? Why, Kofi wins, match, wins it. So it'll be Kofi Kingston versus Ivar in his next match. Now, I always said this. Ivar, he's one hell of a talent. He's one hell of a talent. And given put on his own devices, given uh, put, him, put him to his own devices, if it was uh, Ivar versus the world, Ivar would be champion in many different uh, organizations. NXT champion, the main roster, he would have some gold, some sort of individual gold, many of them, because I think he's got such, his skills in the ring can pay the bills and he's got some amazing size, you know. I think that's about uh, Ivar. Now with Ivar, it is what's left of the Viking Raiders. It is uh, Valhalla, dressed like Hawkman in his greatest uh, furs. Now Valhalla, she's got one hell of a body. She's got a smoking body. She's the sexiest woman in um, Monday Night Raw, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, you know the way they dress her, they they hiding her, her absolute. Well, regardless, so she's around there, and she's uh, on the side of uh, Ivar. So how about this match? It is Ivar. He's got more than double the size of uh, Kofi Kingston. Kofi's got uh, some quick speed, but Ivar's got quick speed too. Now the problem with this match is, I think this match could have been match of the night, but uh, it is uh, Kofi Kingston. He's got powers of Cody Rhodes. He can get squashed like a bug, 
but pop up like nothing's happened, which bugs me a lot because Ivar, he he put a lot on the line on this match here. A lot on the line now. I always say this, because the new um, mats outside the ring that covers, they got this four or five inch foam mats outside the ring, that new technology that covers a hard, hard concrete on the floor. They can do bigger spots and a lot more spots, and this was a huge spot. Kofi Kingston lays out outside the ring there, lying on the mats, and Ivar, with a huge off the apron itself, a splash, squashes the holy hell out of uh, Kofi Kingston. Now, this would be, to anybody, if this was like an Iron March Sharpe, it would be over. This would be like a, you know, uh, I don't know, this like a Jugulak would be over. Tozawa, over. But to carry on, they fight inside the ring there. Ivar goes to the well once too often. He goes for another splash up the top rope, his finishing move, his splash off the top rope inside there. Kofi Kingston moves out of the way and then turns things around for a little bit with a flurry of offense, with a couple of massive high cross body presses. One right off the top rope, just right out of heaven's massive height. Wicked move. This match was really good. The wrestling was fantastic. Kofi Kingston even gets trouble in paradise. You know, um... The old, I should say, SOS, the SOS, the old uh, front bump, I'm not sure what it is, the front bump something, I'm not, um, not sure what it is, but Kofi Kingston does a front bump, but he has you in a move and he, you take a back bump. The SOS, that's what it is. They fight on, um, now, Ivar. He's got some insane moves. He gets Kofi Kingston lying in the corner there, sitting in the corner, and he goes in with the Bronco Buster. Now, the X-Pac did the Bronco Buster, and he, that was basically his finishing move. To sit down on someone's, like a, like a sit-down Santon in the corner. This massive, Eric, Ivar doing that, forget about it. But no pin there. This could have been a finishing move right there. After that, um, Ivar, he decides to go for a second rope, like second rope splash. Like, this is not going to happen. Ivar never goes to second rope. Just settles with a second rope. He never does that. So, it's Valhalla, get up there! Get up there! I command you! So, Ivar, he climbs to the top rope, turns his back on Kofi Kingston, and, and um, he accomplishes one hell of a move, one hell of a moonsault off the top rope. Now, I would have figured, you know what? Kofi Kingston moves out of this, moves out of the way. You know, Ivar hits nothing. Oh, he's hurt a little bit, and Kofi Kingston take over. But no! Ivar hits the move, squashes the holy hell out of uh, Kofi Kingston. This is a game ender for anybody, anybody, but Kofi. Because even after that massive moonsault out of the heavens above with a gigantic 400 plus man, 400 pound plus man, it would have ended it. Ribs crushed, this would have been, this is a finisher. But Kofi manages as a kick out. I'm like, what, 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 whatever. Now, the end sequence was around like this. They start fighting on the ropes there. Um, Kofi Kingston ends up uh, powerbombing, does a sunset flip powerbomb on, uh, you know, Ivar. Ivar off the second rope, takes a bump. After that, it is, uh, that's when Trouble in Paradise happens. The old kick to the face. And that was it for Eric. Game over. You know, Eric, or should I say Ivar. Ivar. What a massive talent. What a massive talent in that ring there, you know. But he still lost to Kofi Kingston. Moving on, we go backstage. It's with uh, Jackie Redmond and uh, Ricochet. In a pre-match interview, basically, because they got a big match here today. Ricochet and Shinsuke Nakamura. And a question of the day is, uh, you know, uh, 
Shinsuke, uh, what, how do you, what, uh, how do you feel about the things? You know, I guess, you know, pretty much. So he starts talking about the Ricochet. Uh, or Ricochet talks about Shinsuke. And, Shin and he's saying that, uh, you want to play games, Shinsuke? Why? You don't want to play games with me. I'm the cheat code. You know, he should be like uh, the mod. You know, modifications, you know? Otherwise, maybe he can't be the mod because that's a mod father, right? <laughs> uh, anyways. Um, so, so I guess we're ready for this big match. Shinsuke versus uh, um, Ricochet. Wait for the Ricochet. And it happens right now. Now, Shinsuke goes to the ring first. And then we got a big problem because uh, Shinsuke has his uh, program with uh, Seth freaking Rollins. No, Seth Rollins defended his title at the last uh, pay-per-view. You know, I believe it was payback. Um, but, however, Shinsuke's been doing these attacks. And uh, Seth Rollins has had it. And he comes down there to attack uh, Shinsuke before the big old match. But we got ourselves some officials come out there and take Seth Rollins away. Take him out of the ringside area. Too sweet. So the match does continue. Start, anyways. It's uh, Shinsuke versus uh, Ricochet. Now, in a match, we got ourselves one interesting situation where the referee thinks he's Sean John Cena. You know, uh, they get moved to the uh, to the ropes. Uh, Shinsuke is leaning against the ropes, and the referee right there decides to shoulder, shoulder tackle uh, uh, Ricochet off of Shinsuke. And then Shinsuke decides to kick Ricochet in the face. I mean, I'm thinking, is this really necessary to make a referee look like a fool? You know, for this cheat move, is it really necessary? But I guess it was. I guess it was. But anyways, now here are the match here. Um, it was a lot of back and forth. Now they were saying one thing about the match. It's like, oh, oh, Shinsuke, he's just not going for any pins. I think he's just trying to hurt. He just wants to injure um, Ricochet because he's clearly not interested in winning. Now here's where it gets pro problematic in this match. Um, now it's a lot of back and forth in the match. Ricochet, he has this, the finishing part. I think the finishing part of the match. Ricochet goes for a springboard high cross body from the heavens above, showing why Ricochet is one of the greatest high flyers in all of wrestling. Squashes the holy hell out of Shinsuke Nakamura. The referee goes for a count. One, two. Now here's the thing. What is a kick out? A kick out means you, your shoulders are no longer on the mat. So here's what I've seen. Shinsuke Nakamura, he, there's no effort put in his kick out because there was no kick out. Shinsuke Nakamura, Raises a hand like he's got a question to ask. Raises a hand off the ground. Now his arm's off the ground, but his shoulders are clearly still on pin to the mat. This should have been over right there. Shinsuke Nakamura loses. Ricochet wins. Because it's not about wins or losses here. Shinsuke, I don't think he really cares who wins or loses. The match is even said. So Shinsuke loses here, but nevertheless, though. The referee doesn't count because he's kind of bashful. He's like, oh, this is end like this? I'm not sure. I don't think it was in a part of the... Oh, wait. Anyways, it was upsetting. They end up fight, taking a fight outside for the real finish. Um, Ricochet uh, tries to beat up some uh, Shinsuke outside the ring there, and Shinsuke pulls out a, a chair from the timekeeper's area and tries to smash Ricochet over the head with it. Ricochet moves out of the way. Ricochet, however, takes that same chair and smashes Shinsuke on the back. Referee stops the match due to disqualification. Ricochet is all upset. Huh, why did you disqualify me for? He was going to use the chair first. Just because I actually used the chair doesn't mean you have to disqualify. What, it's legal to do that? So it's ridiculous. The fans booed. I booed. This could have been a great match, but it, I guess, whatever. This is, how, this is their idea of an ending. Well, we can't have a real ending. A natural ending, so... 
Disqualification it is. Well, you know what? I think the natural ending was the ricochet with the win, but uh, I'm not sure. Plan B? I don't know. So anyways, the real ending of the match is this. Ricochet goes in the ring there, and he gets, uh, he gets, I guess, chop blocked, but in the, you know, not really chop blocked. He gets taken out, a big old kick, a sliding kick to the, to the ankle. Now I'm thinking this, this is a start for Ricochet's uh, vacation. I'm thinking when Ricochet returns from this uh, whatever injury that's going to happen, he's going to return with his tag team partner, Braun Strowman, baby, as the, uh, um, I'm not sure if Braun Strowman's bald anymore, so they're not called the Triple B. Um, bald, bearded, and beautiful. So they may be just big, bearded, and beautiful. I don't know. So anyways, uh, Shinsuke attacks. They take the fight outside again. Uh, well, somewhat outside. Shinsuke pulls Ricochet's crotching him on a ring post. His legs are, his Ricochet's legs are hanging outside the ring. And then this where Rick, this when Shinsuke does some move, I'm not sure what exactly we're supposed to do. What well, we all know what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to smash Ricochet's in the legs. But uh, I guess the camera was in the wrong spot, so uh, Ricochet, so Shinsuke swings the, the chair, ha, ah! and smashes the uh, the ring post many times. Thank goodness it did not hit Ricochet's leg. Even though we're supposed to believe that that happened. That that happened. Now before Shinsuke can finish off the job, we got ourselves some Seth Rollins comes in for the help finally. A little bit too late, but he comes in. He beats up some Rick Shinsuke, throws him in the ring there, tries to, and throws him in his chair too inside the ring. Tries to pedigree Shinsuke on the chairs. Shinsuke turns things around with a back body drop, back body drops. Uh, Seth Rollins onto the chair, onto his bad back. Oh no! You know? He's got two fractured vertebrae in his spine, Seth Rollins does. So before Shinsuke can finish the job, the officials come in yet again, pull him apart, you know. And thank goodness, because in the back area, Seth Rollins can barely, barely walk because his back is so painful. He went to the medical office and see what they can do. Hit me with some morphine, baby! Didn't say that at all. But after that, uh, because, you know, Seth Rollins wasn't really painful. So after that, we go backstage with some Byron Saxton and the GOAT, I think. She is uh, such a massive talent. She's so intelligent. She is, she is the tag team champions. She is Chelsea Green, looking absolutely fantastic. You know, um, I think her, her uh, outfit, her, uh, her ring gear is, uh, I guess, uh, looks like uh, Bison. The Bison of the Street Fighters. That's how powerful she is. Anyway, she's talking about uh, um, Shayna Baszler and Zoe Stark, saying that you know what, why we're better than them, you know, because Shayna and Zoe, they're not a real tag team; they're just slapped together. While a tag team means a real friendship, and me and Piper, we got that. And Piper's like, no, we ain't all friends. Oh, look, just saw that. I don't know why she's got an Australian accent. We ain't all friends here. We know friends. I don't know. We're not friends. Where am I from? Well, then where am I from then? If you think we're friends, where do you think I'm from? And uh, Chelsea's like, England? Uh, Ireland? So she gets wrong. Uh, Piper's like all upset. She wanders. She storms off. You know? But, you know, I can't believe the comedic timing of Chelsea Green is so good. It's so good. Now, the, the problem with Chelsea Green could be that uh, she's, she's very talented and she's very funny. Now, if she crosses the line of becoming Santino funny, then it's over. It's over. 
She's got to be taken seriously in the ring, and she can be funny outside the ring. You can walk that balance. But once you start having, taking a comedy skit into the ring, it becomes tough to be taken seriously into the ring. Anyways, we move on. We move on um, with the big tag team match. Shayna Baszler is always Stark versus uh, the tag team champions, Piper Niven and Chelsea Green. This match was about th- almost four minutes. Almost four minutes. Um, this match started Chelsea Green in the ring. Her getting her ass kicked by the newly teamed, more newly formed team of Shayna and Zoe Stark, each taking turns, beating up Chelsea Green, each one of them showing the other how to do it better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, now here comes a move where it's really interesting. An interesting move done by uh, Shayna Baszler to Chelsea Green. She gets her into a, 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 a wrist lock, an outside wrist lock, gets her in a wrist lock, and then she does a move where it should be like a, a neck breaker. Like, would you grab the neck and neck breaker the person? But she doesn't take her arms off the uh, the wrist lock, the arm lock outside. So she she drops in Chelsea. It was just it was just a weird, sloppy move. But anyways, Zoe Stark gets tagged in the ring. She starts beating up some, uh, you know, Chelsea Green. She gets thrown to the corner, and I guess uh, Zoe's going to do a stinger splash attempt when Zoe, when uh, uh, Chelsea gets pulled out of the corner by Piper Niven, saved. And this is where the best move out of the whole match comes out. Chelsea Green goes to the top rope, to the tippy top rope, with a massive missile drop kick to the top from the top rope, hitting Stark. Try to finish a match. Now this is that was a, just a fantastic dropkick, really huge. Uh, um, I guess it's uh, right up there with Zoe Stark. Now Zoe Stark didn't really do anything fancy in this move here in this match, but uh, Chelsea Green, huge move, looked beautiful. Now Zoe Stark. You now this is the ending, end sequence of the match here. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't a real match. I'll tell you why later. Because uh, Zoe Stark ends up with a nowadays trade super kicks. Zoe Stark ends up kicking uh, Chelsea Green. You know, after Chelsea Green kicked her. Chelsea Green goes down and for the count, but Piper Niven breaks the pin up. Um, Piper gets uh, knocked out of the ring there um, by, uh, you know, a Miss uh, a Shayna Baszler. So they fight outside the ring. Shayna Baszler gets uh, um, slammed outside the ring. A massive power slam outside the ring. You know, like I say, these power, these uh, new mats, they, they open up the whole uh, world of uh, spots outside the ring. But however, this match ends with uh, Nia Jax. She comes in there and she attacks Piper Niven, throwing her into the ring post, throwing her into the uh, steel steps, and Piper Niven got off easy. Going into the ring, however, the person who got it the hardest, the worst, got their ass wiped. It was Zoe Stark, I don't know, maybe uh, it shows who uh, um, Nia Jax likes and hates by how stiff she wrestles them. Yes, she wrestled, uh, she must hate uh, Rhea Ripley because she really squashed the shit out of her last week. Now this week, yeah, Zoe Stark, she gets put up on her, or, uh, into the, uh, you know, Simone Drop and gets, she gets squashed real bad. Not just that though, but after Simone Drop, she gives her a running Santon, a running Santon with all of Nia Jack's weight right on top of Zoe Stark's ribs. Another crushing night. Zoe Stark took a huge blow today. Huge hit. So if she's injured, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if Zoe Stark was injured. You know. Now getting off easy was Chelsea Green. She must be liked. Chelsea Green's a likable person. So I can see why Nia Jax likes Chelsea Green. So she got gets off easy. She gets 
she gets peeled. She gets peeled into the corner. And then she takes one of those uh, solo uh, butt bumps, but it was a very safe butt bump. And then it's Shayna Baszler's turn to get squashed. She gets slammed in the corner there. And then just like last week, theoretically like last week, Nia Jax goes to the top, top rope or second rope there on the corner. And with the Yokozuna, um, you know, the bonsai drop drops down on Shayna Baszler. Now the difference between Shayna Baszler getting bonsai dropped and uh, Rhea Ripley getting bonsai dropped is that Shayna Baszler, when uh, Shayna Baszler gets dropped on, um, what's her, Nia Jax held on to the top rope, making it safe. Rhea Ripley, she just let go. She just gave it her all, you know? which means Nia Jax likes, you know, it's favorable, doesn't hate, uh, you know, Shayna Baszler, respects her. After all, they do have history. They do have history. So now, speaking of history, we go backstage. It's with, uh, I guess, Adam Pierce. He's dealing with some issues with uh, Seth Rollins' health. And uh, I guess, uh, let's say, Nia Jax is, uh, I guess, her rampage. And then that's when we get Chad Gable. He wants, he's stuck in the Christian conundrum. The Christian conundrum. He wants one more chance, one more opportunity at Gunther's Intercontinental Championship. But then we got ourselves a little bit of a Bronson Reed challenging him. And uh, you know what? It's true. Uh, uh, Adam, P Adam Pierce, he says, you know what? You just can't, uh, he beat you. Uh, Gunther beat you. So I guess it's on the bottom line for you. Down you go. Down the shoot. So I guess now his first challenge is uh, Chad Gable thinks he can... I guess, uh, German suplex, uh, Bronson Reed, the gigantic Bronson Reed. He thinks it's possible. So anyways, next up, we got ourselves a little bit of backstage banter, Damien Priest and uh, Jay Uso. Damien, he is a really, he's a real component of bringing Jay Uso to into the fold of, uh, the Judgment Day. He says, right honest that uh, some of the Judgment Day are looking at uh, his brother Jimmy Uso to bring in the Judgment Day but however it's Damien wants Jimmy Uso and he says listen or Jay Uso he says listen Jay I'll give you by the end of the night give your uh, uh, answer but I'll tell you something don't make me look foolish because they talk about family don't make me look foolish in front of my family they talk about family and uh, Damien's like uh, yeah you know what uh, uh, this is family and it's like uh, Jay's like yeah I know about family I've got the bloodline. He's like, this is a, this is not like blood. This is not relatives. We are like brothers. We are like brothers. We are literally brothers. And he says, the Judgment Day. You know what? We are the family you've been looking for. That you've been looking for, pretty much. So yeah. But don't make me look bad at the end of the night because you don't like that. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. So our next big match. It is uh, Chad Gable of the Alpha Academy. And alongside Chad, there's the cheerleaders, Otis and Maxime Dupree. And since they're good guys, they got to just watch the match like good people. You know, none of them join ringside commentary. I mean, couldn't Maxime Dupree join the commentary booth and have some questions for Maxime? You know, get her involved with a little bit of things since she's not going to actually do anything in a match. But nope, they don't involve any of the two. None of the two at all. How about Spud? No. Chad Gable, he had a barn-burning match against Gunther. Losing, however, but looked great doing it. Now, this time, it's against uh, Bronson Reed. Now, Bronson Reed, like Gunther, he's very big. He's bigger than uh, Chad Gable, but different size of big. Gun um, Bronson Reed, I think Bronson Reed's got some more mass than Gunther. 
Bronson's like 400 plus pounds against uh, Chad Gable. I think he's easily double the size. No size versus speed. I can't say that because Bronson Reed's also very fast. Very fast. So this is uh, Bronson Reed should be able to win this match with greatest of ease. But Chad Gable, he's a former Olympian and former two-time tag team champion. You know, Kay has a massive uh, missile drop kick off the top rope, looking good. But Bronson Reed, now this is a move that uh, Michael Cole clearly called wrong, but you know, Michael Cole is wrong and strong, but he's on two shows for a reason. You can be wrong and be on two shows. So this is what he got wrong. Bronson Reed grabs Chad Gable like a belly to belly, like Bailey's old finishing move, the belly to belly, the belly to belly throw. That's what it is. It was a belly to belly throw. It looked very vicious. And uh, Michael Cole called it a power slam. A power slam, really. Do you know what a power slam is? Clearly. There you don't. Anyways, uh, I think Michael Cole's not like uh, uh, Warren or uh, Warren or Ronaldo, something like that. Moro Ronaldo, something like that. Anyways, regardless, regardless, I'm just as bad. Just whiffing on names. So, after the big power slam, it comes, uh, I thought, a pivotal moment where Chad Gable goes to the knee, the knee block, knee chop. You know, chops the knee of uh, Bronson Reed. I'm thinking, okay, well, is this going to turn the tables? Is this is somehow um, Bronson Reed's going to lose the match with his knee problem? Apparently not. Bronson Reed turns things around again, but not just right away. But Chad Gable takes advantage with going off the top rope with a massive swan dive headbutt. Off the top rope hitting Bronson Reed, but Bronson Reed does turn things around again. He tries to, uh, he gets Chad Gable down. He goes for a massive standing a Santon. Chad Gable, instead of moving out of the way, he puts up his knees and takes um, Bronson Reed's entire weight on his knees. You know, you think that's a counter, but to someone that giant, it's a terrible move to do. Now, Chad Gable finally tries to get for his uh, you know, German suplex, but his knees gave out. No! Knees buckled! No! And no help from Otis or Maxine to stretch out time. You know, it's uh, Bronson. He gets Chad Gable, puts him on his back, backpacks Chad Gable, and then takes a jump up and back bumps with Chad Gable on his back. Backpack, back bump. Backpack Santon. Beautiful. Oh, just crushed the holy hell out of Chad Gable. After that, top rope we go to one of, the most, one of the most devastating splashes in all of professional wrestling. Bronson Reed's top rope splash gets some serious height, but most of all, his serious weight crushes the holy hell out of uh, Chad Gable. One, two, three, it's over! Chad Gable loses. That's right, Chad Gable doing what he does best. Make other people look great. So after that, we got ourselves a little bit of the, uh, I don't know, Tommaso Ciampa and uh, he's got a message he's got a message about patience message about patience and in this universe patience is not a virtue then he's absolutely right in the WWE you just can't wait for your turn you just you just can't wait for the coach to say get in there son and get the gold you gotta take steps yourself you gotta you gotta be proactive if you're a wrestler Otherwise, you just fall between the cracks. You know, no matter how much potential you have, if you don't cash in on your potential like this, like what Tommaso Champ is trying to do, you know, you got to take your chances. You can't just wait till it's given to you. Otherwise, it's wasted potential. And he's talking about uh, Imperium. You know, how he thinks that uh, um, 
he brought him himself and Imperium brought him in or, or the other way around. But regardless, it's all about this. Giovanni Vinci. Giovanni Vinci. Once again, this week on one-on-one -on -one action, he will once again be tapping out. You know? And it's all about this. Why is the Tommaso Ciampa attacking Imperium? Why it's this? Tommaso Ciampa, he wants something that Gunther has. And that's the Intercontinental Championship. Gold, baby. He's got Goldie. He wants Goldie. And this Goldie is the Intercontinental Championship. So, yeah. That's going to be interesting. So, next up, we got ourselves a little backstage at Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, talking about Jey Uso, about trust. Kevin Owens just doesn't trust Jey Uso. Sami Zayn, he trusts. He's open. Jey Uso is there. And you know what? Uh, he's talked about uh, Kevin Owens. Same thing. You can't do it on your own. You had the blood. You had the bloodline. And now you can easily join the, you know, the new day. No, the, <laughs> the judgment day. You can easily join the judgment day. Not quite the new day. The judgment day. So, yeah. Um, because they don't have a match, Kevin Owens uh, leaves. And uh, Sami Zayn has a couple of seconds to talk to Jay Uso. And he talks about, uh, you know what, dude? It's just going to take some time for Kevin Owens to come around. He'll warm up to you one day. He will. He did me. He did me. Didn't really say that, but, you know, one day, who knows? They might be friends. They might not be, but they might be. Moving on. We go into the ring, and it's with, uh, you know, um, Becky Lynch. She has herself an open challenge match, and Becky Lynch is the NXT champion. You know, uh, walking all over uh, Tiffany Stratton's dreams. Tiffany Stratton, she's so damn talented in the ring. She's graceful. She's fearless. And I can see she being champion once again in no time at all. You know, she's got uh, she's got what it takes to be a champ. You know, whether Tiffany Stratton dropped a belt because she's injured and she needs to take some time off, I don't know. Or it's because Becky Lynch, uh, um, she needs to uh, acquire her goal of, uh, you know, getting every championship before she, uh, you know, retires. You know, to be the, uh, I don't know, Grand Slam champ. So now she's officially Grand Slam. She got every belt now. She's, she's gotten every belt. So she's offering a open challenge, and who accepts the open challenge? But it's it's uh, Natalia. Natalia Bret Hart. And now she comes down the ring, and she's all complaining and saying that you know I deserve a chance. I've been working my ass off for so many years. For 40 years, I've been working my ass off, and I deserve a chance. Becky Lynch is like, what What are you doing over here? You know, uh, this is for the up-and-comers. This is for the newcomers, the upstarts around here. This is for uh, the new new generation. And uh, what well, basically, uh, you know, uh, Natalie's calling uh, Becky Lynch a uh, hypocrite. Saying you think you think I'm you think I'm taking someone's chances? Look at you! You went to NXT and you took someone else's chance. You took someone else's opportunity away from them. Now, what's hilarious is uh, Natalia calling Becky Lynch a hypocrite. Well, Natalia herself went to NXT herself to try to do some damage in NXT herself and did nothing. I think what it is, it's about professional jealousy. You know, Becky Lynch accomplished something that uh, Natalia could never do. You know, become so many time champions and NXT champion as well. So, yeah, I can understand the professional jealousy here when it comes down to it. So it's Becky Lynch accepting the match. Becky Lynch versus uh, Natalia. Natalia 
has been doing nothing but lose and lose and lose. And she hasn't been seen in a long time. And she's just finally showing up to lose again. And how about this match was about seven and seven minutes long. About seven minutes, I'd say. Roughly around seven minutes. Um, of course, it's uh, Natalia starts off quick. Becky Lynch turned things around real quick with the massive, what do you call it? The, uh, the My Cousin Vinny, the Joe Pesci. When you jump up, yeah! Uh, the diving the double fist. It's hilarious to look at. And Becky Lynch loved to do it. And one thing you'll always be guaranteed in the Becky Lynch match is, uh, actually two things guaranteed, is hustle. Becky Lynch loves to hustle. Hoo, 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 in the ring there. And she loves to go to the top rope and she jumps off the top rope. You know, she just loves to do it. Regardless if it uh, does anything or not, it, yeah, she's not a great high flyer. She's not known as a luchador for huge reasons. You know, she every single match she goes off the top rope, but she's still not known for it because it's so terrible. Now, in the women's division, this is the superplex. This is their version of the top rope suplex, which is the second rope suplex, where uh, you know uh, it's uh, Natalia suplexing Becky Lynch right off the top rope, throwing her right off there, and now it's uh, Natalia's best move, best move in the match. Becky Lynch, of course, she can't be outdone. She goes to the top rope with a massive missile dropkick, dropping Natalia. Now, the end sequence is this. Now, in the end of the match, it is uh, Becky Lynch getting behind Natalia at the corner turnbuckle. With the O'Connor roll, rolls around, tries to get the pin. She gets a two count. Natalia rolls through, tries to get uh, Becky Lynch with the pin. She gets a two count. Becky Lynch then returns the favor with a schoolgirl, what uh, they would call it, the... Uh, um, the backwoods. So yeah, it's Becky Lynch winning with the schoolgirl. Um, what's that? Uh, Natalia losing. Otherwise, when you lose to a uh, roll-up, you're pretty much taking it in the rear. So that's right. Um, Natalia. Now Natalia, she's she's talented, but I think her talents are best suited in another um, company. I think. I think if she wants to be taken serious, if she wants to be a champion, she should go to Impact Wrestling or she should go to All Elite Wrestling. There, I think they would respect her to give her the opportunity to get gold, if not give her the gold straight off the cuff. Moving on. We go backstage. There's a little bit of uh, Adam Pierce and Dragon Lee talking about future plans and whatnot. Don McMysterio comes in there really angry. Blames Adam Pierce for what happened by not taking action against Nia Jax for injuring uh, uh, Mama Ria. And basically, it's just a little uh, heat, a little build up heat for next week. Dragon Lee, Dominic Mysterio. This for the North American Championship gold on Raw. I'd say this should be pretty good. Um, I'm looking forward to Dominic Mysterio, uh, Dragon Lee, even though Dominic Mysterio looked like a clown versus uh, Cody Rhodes earlier. It was sad. But this is built for next week, which should be good. Dragon Lee, Dominic Mysterio, you can't go wrong. But then again, you can. So next up, we got ourselves some Imperiums, Giovanni Vinci and Tommaso Ciampa. And with uh, Giovanni Vinci is uh, Ludwig Kaiser. And of course, where is Gunther, your intercontinental champion? Nowhere to be seen. Not there today, at least. Um, well, not at ringside. So they're fighting on, and here's the thing with the match. When you're fighting Imperium, you're fighting everybody who's there at the ring. So now while they're fighting, they fight towards the uh, ropes, and the referee, instead of giving any three count, any count, any five count start for, like, uh, you know, to break things up, he immediately 
shoulder tackles uh, um, with uh, Giovanni Vinci out of the way. I suppose uh, this is this they say, oh, this is cute, this is when you take me away. No, instead of uh, Giovanni pulling the ref off of him and say, okay, come with me, hey, hey, I gotta say something to you, you know, causing some controversy, and nevertheless. The referee walks away, and that's when uh, the Kaiser grabs the uh, Tommaso Ciampa's leg, stalls him for a bit, you know, Giovanni uh, gives Giovanni some chance because Tommaso Ciampa was just stomping the holy hell out of him. You know, watching backstage is uh, Gunter. Gunter watching backstage, seeing exactly, you know, how things are going to go. And uh, if it goes bad, what kind of punishments do you dole out to the weakest link of Imperium? So in the ring night now, we got ourselves the end sequence area. It's uh, with uh, Tommaso. He's pulling, he's getting ready for a, a knee strike where he, he cleans off his uh, knees from his uh, knee pads. He pulls his knee pads down, both knee pads, both knee pads down to expose his knee to one massive knee to Giovanni Vinci. But Ludwig Kaiser, he rolls into the ring there, gets uh, Tommaso's attention. You know, he does. Giovanni and Tommaso, they, they scrubble on. Giovanni tries to get a cheap uh, roll-up win. You know, I'm surprised he didn't. His backwards usually works. But they scuffle on. They hit the ropes. Giovanni tries to go for a cheeky. I'm not sure what kind of cheeky move it is. But he goes for a springboard. Some sort of springboard move. But instead of, of a successful offensive move. He gets hit with the flying exposed knee of Tommaso Ciampa. Whammo. Bammo. Thank you. Amamo. It's over for Giovanni Minzi and Imperium. Because right after that. It's the uh, his finishing move. It is the Sicilian stretch. And you're wondering, what exactly is the Sicilian stretch? Why? It is the, uh, it's a modified Rings of Saturn. You know, it's like a, uh, like a, like a labelle lock almost. You know, I guess the labelle lock is the Rings of Saturn. Instead of, uh, you know, uh, isolating the free arm between the legs, he doesn't. So it's a, it's a less effective Rings of Saturn. It's a Sicilian stretch, but however effective enough to get the victory over the tapping, tippy-tippity-tapping, Giovanni Vinci. I'm pretty sure he's going to get some very severe punishment from, uh, um, what's a, Gunther. Perhaps a big old a chop across his chest like he's done before. It's going to chop him to pieces. And probably leave him from Imperium. They got to get, uh, I guess, uh, um, I don't know, Alexander Wolf is maybe. <laughs> is Alexander Wolf coming back? I don't know. Anyways, moving on backstage, it's got yourself Byron Saxton and, uh, you know, Seth Rollins and Byron Saxton's hard-hitting question. How are you feeling today? How are you feeling, Seth Rollins? Seth is like, he's not feeling good. He's been attacked many times by uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, taking full advantage of his hurt back. And uh, Shinsuke, not, uh, you know, he's trying to entice Shinsuke into fighting. Uh, you know what, he just wants to, he just wants Shinsuke in the ring. Right now, he doesn't care how it happens. And right now, he's giving Shinsuke all the power. So he says, name the time, name the place, and even name the stipulation. So yeah, it's called the I win match. <laughs> where no matter what, you lose. So yeah, that's going to be interesting. That's probably not going to happen. But we're going to have some sort of match where Shinsuke... Now, if Shinsuke can win this gold, I mean, uh, the Japanese um, influence in the WWE is so weak. I mean, uh, now, of course, Asuka has got the women's championship gold, but the men's championship. I mean, I don't think the, uh, the Japanese uh, men has ever scored the heavyweight championship in the WWE, ever. 
Not ever. Anyways, can Shinsuke be the first Japanese man to become the world champion of the WWE? Well, we'll find out soon enough. Time will tell. Moving on. We go to our main event match. It is uh, main event J Sneakers Usho. He loves his sneakers. Because you know, when he's done in the match, he can just kick them off. Right? He doesn't need to kick them off. He just can go home. Because he doesn't need to change his shoes at all. It's great. But Drew McIntyre going old school in this match. Bringing in an old friend. Karen! His trusty sword! This Because his sword is a Karen. It doesn't care. It's a very... Um, you know, what's he going to do? I mean, it's so ridiculous to bring a sword in there. Other than for show. But, you know, what's he going to chop someone directly in half? Because that sword can chop someone in half. It's so ridiculous. I'm going to legitimately kill you! Anyways, the match here. It would have been matched tonight. It could have been matched tonight, but it wasn't. It was just a good match. Um, this was about 11 minutes. Drew McIntyre, clearly the much bigger com competitor in the ring there. Jey Uso would have to rely on his, uh, I guess, his uh, guile. His guile. Now, of course, it was uh, Jey Uso got started quickly until, of course, he gets knocked to the ground by Drew McIntyre and gets thrown around. Now, Drew McIntyre. What I saw, Drew McIntyre threw on a snap suplex that I couldn't believe. This snap suplex was right up there with uh, the Dynamite Kid. The Dynamite Kid snap suplex. This was that damn good. I couldn't believe it. Beautiful snap suplex. Haven't seen that in years. Years. Now, not be outdone. Jey Uso gets the tope to get uh, Drew McIntyre outside the ring with a tope suicides him. Not once, but twice. Twice. But after that, we got ourselves a little bit of, uh, I don't know, uh, um, coming down to the ring, making sure that uh, Jey Uso has some uh, guidance, has some backup, some people to make sure that he's going to well, do well. It's Finn Balor, Damien Priest, and Dirty Dom Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio. That's right, Judgment Day come down to help out. So I promise her in early May, I'll make a pie. I'll make an apple pie. That's right. So, to me, to, to ring there, make sure everything's going well. Now, in this match here, Drew McIntyre with a massive top rope suplex. Beautiful top rope suplex. No uh, Bret Hart style, but it was a very beautiful suplex right off top rope, squashing um, Jey Uso. Now, here's where things take a turn. At least this is where the Judgment Day feel like they can help out because in this thing here, it is a Drew McIntyre going for the Claymore kick, but it's Dominic Mysterio getting the referee's attention. Referee over here! And then it's Damien, Damien uh, Priest getting, uh, I guess, uh, pulling on the, the leg of Drew McIntyre. And that gives Jey Uso enough time to recuperate and then with a massive uh, Claymore kick of his own. It looks like Claymore kick. But Claymore kick of his own, knocks down Drew McIntyre, tries to get the pin, doesn't get the pin. Drew McIntyre kicks out miraculously, miraculously. But Jey Uso, he takes uh, shelter at one of the corners. And he gets a pep talk done by Finn Balor and Damien Priest, giving him a little pep talk. And it seems like Jay's getting into Jay. He's like really getting confident. And then, uh, I guess, uh, Damien Priest gives him one last pep talk and they give the old fist bump like feeling really good they're feeling each other now Damien Priest and uh, you know Jey Uso but then after that big fist bump why my goodness it's over Jey Uso starts the super kick party and it's not on uh, Drew McIntyre it's on Damien Priest it's on Finn Balor 
and on Dirty Dominic himself. They all get super kicked in the face. And then, uh, of course, one person surprisingly taking full advantage of this distraction. It's Drew McIntyre with a massive Claymore kick to the face. That's where he took full advantage of the, uh, uh, the Judgment Day distraction. Jay Uso gets Claymore. One, two, three, it's over! Drew McIntyre has done his job. He just hides it. Just, um, you know, hit the bricks. And while he's hitting the bricks, it is the Judgment Day getting all upset with the decision that uh, Jay Uso made and start beating him down, giving him a beat down. You know? But here's the thing. Drew McIntyre, will he? Will he turn around? Will he fight? Will he forgive Jay Uso? He doesn't. Because uh, while uh, he... Uh, he runs to the... He's deciding what he's going to do. Wrestling We've got ourselves a little bit of a... One, one more time. Family. He's running to the ring. I'll save you! That's right. <laughs> it's a... Cody Rhodes runs to the ring there. Takes out Finn Balor. Takes out the rest of the Judgment Day. Helps out the man he brought in. The man he thinks deserves a second chance. Drew McIntyre not there. Cody Rhodes there. So that's great. So I guess, yeah. They see eye to eye. Will there be a new tag team in town? Cody and Jay? But anyways. That's how we end the match. Cody Rhodes uh, saving Jay The perfect ending to make people go, Oh, Cody Rhodes, you're my hero! Yay! So yeah, but anyways, enough of the uh, match. That's it for today. Um, and that ends it for uh, this episode of... Uh, that wraps up for this episode of Raw for this week and for our podcast listeners. Um, stay tuned for our very short break. We'll come back with some uh, NXT right after the short break. But for our YouTube viewer, that's it for tonight's episode. I've been your host, The Pacewood, saying see you next time on The Wrestling Show. Oh, hey there. It's that time again to take a very cynical look back at the NXT on the wrestling show and a one and a two and a one two three lip really loves wrestling he likes to talk about it too if you like to watch wrestling like he do come and join us on the wrestling show on the wrestling show on the wrestling show baby Webbo Webbo Welcome to All the Wrestling Show I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. It's the NXT. Um, air date, September the 19th, 2023. This episode is, of course, The Road to No Mercy.
<clears throat> I mean, uh, no mercy. Now, before we dive into the show, just a quick shout out to the non-competitors. That's right. They are the glue that holds the building together. The foundation, if you will. <laughs> um, now, usually, haven't seen him in a long time. It's the, uh, I guess, the man, the man who makes all the decisions in the, uh, in the NXT. Um, of course, uh, he is. Uh, he hasn't been seen in a long time, but we all know him. He's the one who uh, decides who keeps the belts, and you know who has to. Anyways, uh, the man in charge. It's Sean. Sean Michaels. <clears throat> Next, getting all backstage scoops and pre-match interviews. They are the team of uh, what's that? Uh, Mackenzie Mitchell and uh, uh, Kelly Kincaid. And of course, letting going into the ring, letting everybody know who's about to fight and uh, the results of such matches. We got ourselves uh, Alicia Taylor. And last, but certainly not least, it's the commentary crew. It's the play-by-play -play guys, the hosts, and I call them the narrators of the damn show. They are the team of the two-time, that's right, the two-time Hall of Famer. And a man with the, what's that, the champagne wishes and caviar dreams. Shucky ducky, quack quack, it's uh, a Booker T. <clears throat> and backing up Booker, and as usual, he's very reliable. He is a, uh, what's that, the voice of reason. He is uh, Vic Joseph. Now without any further ado's, let's get on with uh, the show. With the show. And we start off the show with... Uh, uh, the very brand spanking new, brand spanking new uh, NXT Women's Champion. But no, not new at wrestling. She's been in there for uh, 10 plus years. 10 plus years. A decade of the man, Becky Lynch. No, she's in there and uh, she's got some uh, big time nursery rhymes. No, she's back in uh, the developmental uh, league there. with taking over. And... Uh, She's doing, like, you know, I don't know. Uh, she's uh, basically what, uh, um, what's uh, Natalia accused Becky Lynch of being, you know? It's like, well, you're taking opportunity away from other up and upstarts. Well, this is absolutely true. There's no better way of uh, explaining this. this is uh, true. I'm Becky Lynch. Is, she is uh, the women's champion. She's taking opportunities away. And, of course, she calls out, uh, you know, Tiffany Stratton. Your former women's champion, incredible athlete. I think she's the top-notch uh, athlete in the uh, NXT right now. She's, uh, you know, one hell of a talent. And so she comes out there because, uh, now, Becky Lynch, she gives her some flowers, you know, saying about their wrestling abilities. But then she quickly goes to and uh, calls her uh, an idiot and an asshole. Yeah. Resulti resorting to uh, name-calling Becky Lynch. Mm -hmm. You're an idiot. You're an, you're an idiot and an asshole. Really? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. So uh, Tiffany Stratton comes out there and she proclaims herself uh, the future of wrestling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't doubt that at all. Tiffany Stratton's young. Um, she's intelligent. She's got a mind for wrestling and she's fearless. I mean, uh, she's a great, she's an all-around wrestler. You know, uh, she's still young. She's got a lot to learn. You know, uh, but she uh, she can put she can put the match together. She knows she knows how to fight. She has some good. She's got some good moves. I believe I believe in Stratton. Mm -hmm. I am Strattonified. 
if that's a real thing. It is now! Ha ha ha! Hoo hoo! Shut So here we go. Now, Miss Becky Lynch calls uh, Tiffany Stratton two things. One, she calls him, she, she says she's not hungry enough. She calls Tiffany Stratton not hungry enough. Well, you know what? There's a lot of women right now who hasn't got the, uh, the championship one time. Not one time. A lot of the women in the NXT. And you call her not hungry? Well, she was damn hungry enough to get the belt for the first time. You know, she, she already won the belt. She was, she was hungry enough. So that's ridiculous. And then she says she's entitled. Really? Tiffany Stratton? You know, somehow I don't think so. I think you're just judging a book by its cover. She's absolutely gorgeous, so you'd think the world is given to her on a platter. But what if it wasn't? I think she worked very hard for what she got. It's true. I'm assuming these things, because uh, looks like she's worked her body out to make it to be an absolute steel, you know, to be uh, indestructible. The temple of doom. Anyways, regardless. So, uh, Tiffany Stratton, well, she uh, starts talking back, you know, uh, she starts saying that, you know what, Becky? If it weren't for me, you weren't even you wouldn't even be here. You wouldn't be here. And not at all. Me calling you out? Yeah. If I didn't if that didn't happen, you'd be going on your merry way. Um, you know, scoping out the retirement homes, looking for Hall of Famers to beat. You know. So yeah, it it was pretty pretty good stuff. Pretty good stuff. And then uh Becky Lynch, she's like, well, you know, if you, you, you wrestle, you wrestle better than you can talk. It's like, really? Really? I think she just squashed you a little bit there on the microphone, Becky Lynch. Oh, you can say, what, she's an idiot now? She's still an idiot? Is she really still an idiot after crushing you, crushing you so badly? Anyways, so Becky Lynch had no more words and she decided to fight. Because, you know what, when you got no more words, it's time to fight. Because if your ego is crushed and you can't defend yourself but verbally... You use your fists, Lily. And she did. Becky Lynch started attacking. Tiffany Stratton, you know. And then, of course, to Tiffany Stratton's aid, because uh, Kiana James, you know, get this crazy woman off, uh, you know, Tiffany Stratton. You know, because she can't uh, uh, verbally uh, joust with the best in the business. Tiffany Stratton. So, yeah, it's two on one. You know, but, you know, Becky was uh, asking for it. If she didn't have that sneak attack, maybe this would never have happened. The sucker punch, I should say. Anyways, I believe Stratton brought a chair into the ring there and she tried to use on Becky. Becky managed to turn things around and uh, I guess uh, Stratton and, uh, you know, Keanu James uh, decided to uh, take a powder. But, you know, what they laid their beating on Becky Lynch and she's all human. All human mad. You know, all 98 pounds of Becky Lynch, all fuming mad. So after that, we got ourselves a little bit of the Tony D'Angelo and Ma'am standing stacks to Enzo. Standing stacks to Enzo. And we're talking about, uh, well, these guys, they're the, uh, the, uh, the NXT Tag Team Champions. And these guys have really been doing nothing for months, perhaps. It feels like months. But these guys barely fight. And uh, I think the last time they fought was against uh, with the Dyads. The Dyads. You know, Jagger Reed and Rip Fuller. Who are now no longer. I don't think they're even part of the NXT anymore. Mm -hmm, it's true. 
So anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's now who's gonna be next? And they got like four other tag teams that's in lineup for the uh, tag team championships. So I guess it's gonna be between them. Between them. Anyways, moving on next. Doesn't really matter, I suppose. The tag team division in the WWE in general. The entirety of w the WWE. NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. Tag team division just, just, just crapola. Crapola. Maybe 2024, they're gonna have, uh, they're gonna put together a proper tag team. But then again, thinking that the WWE will actually have a, a solid tag team division, it's like hoping that the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs will win the Stanley Cup again. <laughs> uh, we all hope at least a lot of us do anyways uh, up next we got ourselves a little bit uh, um, dragon off with uh, Mackenzie Mitchell you know and the whole thing is about uh, the rematch against Carmelo Hayes at uh, No Mercy though it comes down to dragon off saying that uh, at uh, the great American bash I will Crush! Basically, he wants uh, he wants to finish what he started at uh, you know uh, at no mercy. He wants to crush Camilo uh, Hayes because uh, he wants to finish what he started at uh, the Great American Bash. That's right. That's what he meant to say. Coming up at no mercy. So yeah, he's looking to finish the thing. And I think this at no mercy. I maybe I I yeah I truly think so. Um, it's going to be a, a new champion. Uh, Ilya Dragunov. Now, this scenario seems like it played out before with uh, Ilya Dragunov, except it's with uh, formerly known as Walter, now known as Gunther, in the NXT UK, when uh, Walter was the number one guy and he was number two. They fought, they had a huge battle just like now. And then uh, eventually, you know, Dragunov became the champion of the UK. And I think uh, this is his time to shine, to be the champion. Because I think uh, uh, Ilya Dragunov is truly a talented son of a bitch. I mean, his, he's a gatekeeper of uh, the NXT right now, I think. Because uh, if you can go toe-to-toe -to -toe with uh, Ilya Dragunov, you belong in the NXT. You know, that's the standard that should be set in the NXT, you know. Anyways, he's looking forward to uh, some uh, Carmelo Hayes over at uh, uh, No Mercy. Now, and then, oh, now here's another thing. Becky Lynch then decides, like, are you done? Are you done now? Not only taking the women's uh, time and stepping on a women's division by taking over herself. Someone's been in the business for over a decade. Takes uh, Eddie Dragunov's airtime. Dragunov's like, boop. Have it. I'm uh, out of here. Well, anyway, so she's so hyping, she's so piping mad. Piping mad. You know, so she challenges uh, both Tiffany Stratton and uh, Kiana James into a handicap match. She's putting herself into a deficit. So either A, I don't know, how is she going to possibly make uh, the women's division look good by uh, squashing two other, two top, uh, you know, talents in the NXT Sending division division back by a bit, I think. I think. Anyways, we'll see what transpires at the main event because it's a she challenges for a main event match. Okay, so next up we got ourselves a little bit of the uh, I don't know uh, the metaphor. And there's no and it, and I guess this time it's a literal metaphor 
because they're dressed as the, uh, I guess, the Matrix or the Metatrix. So they're all, uh, yeah, they're here for the, the for the whole night. I mean, uh, uh, the metaphor, they uh, they barely fight. Uh, Jakara Jackson and uh, Lash Legend, they haven't really seen action really at all for months. I mean, I would have, th I assumed being part of metaphor, they'd uh, be all have more, um, I guess, uh, they're under a good tutelage of Noam Dar because he's straight up a great wrestler, great mic skills, straight up. I mean, they have not even, I mean, come on now. I mean, unless, of course, they're just practicing backstage, but they haven't really shown her what they can do in the ring. Or Menza, now and then, he puts on a banger. But really, he rarely fights. And Lash Legend and, uh, you know, Jakara, Jackson, they barely, barely fight either. Noam Dar, he's happy not to fight. Five weeks off! Ah, yes! I don't have to fight for five weeks! Don't have to do it! No, no! He literally dancing his way. Like, literally. It's like, it's like a free ride. Now, you know, we're uh, wrestlers, champions, taking months off. Roman Reigns, months off. You know, it's ridiculous. Anyways, Noam Dar and uh, the Metaphor are planning to watch the whole show in their Matrix Lounge. So it's going to be fun. Totally fun. It's going to be totally fun, man. So the first match, it's uh, we got ourselves a... Uh, from representing the brawling brutes, it's uh, Butch, and then it's versus his old friend from uh, the UK days. It's uh, Tyler Bite. Oh, I'm Tyler Bite, the Schwami himself. This match was uh, pretty. It was, it was good. This match was uh, was uh, was fun. It was a really good fun match. You know, um, it had all the cliches. It was about 11, it, it was almost, a, they almost went full distance in this match. Meaning that there's a 12 minute, uh, you know, uh, time span on this match. Then it goes to, a, then it becomes an automatic draw. It uh, becomes a winner. So this match, almost the distance, but it came to a conclusion. Now, like I say, this match was, uh, uh, went both ways. You know, they both took advantage. Uh, now, Tyler, Tyler Bate, oh, he just went all out. Second rope suplex, baby. He said, if the girls can do it, so can I. And he stuck and rope suplexes the hell out of Pete Dunne. They go, show ya. Hope you're not too hurt. And then, uh, well, Tyler Bate gets this, uh, I don't know, it's questionable. I think, I think it's a dangerous, it's very dangerous if you don't know how to take a bump. I suppose it's uh, like a dragon suplex, you know. Was a full Nelson, and you uh, suplex a person on the full Nelson, and that you land right off the bat as in the high in the shoulders and uh, lower on your neck and high shoulders. So it's pretty dangerous. Now Kenny Omega, he has a version. He calls it the the it's a dragon suplex, but it's a, you know a whip whipping dragon suplex. But it's not a suplex at all. He's just basically falling backwards and so yeah, real dragon suplex. It can I'm not sure. That's crazy. It's craziness. Anyways. The match goes on. No one gets hurt there. Now it gets fun. Like I say, this match was fun because uh, lo and behold, it's uh, Pete Dunne with the Tyler Driver 97 on Tyler Bate. So Tyler takes his own move, finishing move, but he kicks out. It's all right. It's all right. And then lo and behold, like two moves later, rolls are switched again and it's uh, Tyler Bate with the bitter end. 
the bitter end. Mm -hmm. But here we go. Tyler Bate goes for the floating uh, uh, boy. The twisting uh, the corkscrew Santon. He does this insane. It's really beautiful, actually. And he, uh, nothing but knees. Nothing but knees. And then it's uh, Butch taking over. With one massive bitter end. Whammo! But it wasn't the end. Not quite the bitter end. And then he changes it to... Uh, they call it the better end. The better end, which is basically... He sets up just like the... Uh, you know, the uh, bitter end. With the... Uh, you know... Uh, what's that? The... Uh, well, regardless. He, he, he picked the gut wrench style, you know. He picks you up just like the bitter end. But uh, it ends up with just... It's a, it's, a, it's a pile driver. A form of a pile driver. You know? Like a Michinoku style uh, it's like a weird pile driver the safest pile driver you'll ever see but it's a, a big up and down move you know and uh, that's how uh butch beats Tolbite in this match one two three it's over so in winner of group a it is uh, butch moving on representing group a with five points tyler bite just missing out with one point behind at four points axiom with just one point. Now, it's crazy now. Um, Axiom, he just had two matches. You know, and uh, Charlie uh, Charlie Dempsey only had two matches. You know, Charlie Dempsey lost both matches. But, uh, you know, uh, Tyler Baden and Butch, uh, they both had uh, three matches. Uh, three matches. So is that fair? It's not quite fair. But it is what it is. Uh, not fair is a, what the NXT really goes through, you know. A lot of not unfair things goes on in the NXT. And it'll prove one priest is here. There's other reasons too coming up. Coming up shortly. So now we go backstage. Not backstage. We have a vignette. A vignette. It's uh, a Thea Hale with uh, a JC Jane with the makeover. Makeover. At the Ashley uh, uh, Snell. A collection with the Ashley Snell collection. Mm -hmm. We're gonna see the new Athea Hale, baby. So, uh, I guess this is uh, outside look. She's going through some couple of looks. The old dressed in red, some sort of red velvet type thing, just too, uh, just too lacy on to on the uh, the old Thea. See, so she sway changes a couple of times, going for the all leather look, the all leather look, and the leather agrees with Athea. So Thea is going with all black leather, I guess. But what is her ring gear going to look like? I know Thea, Ge Thea Hale knows how to bring together a great ring gear. Because her Chase U ring gear was excellent. I can only imagine what her new ring gear is going to look like. Because one thing she likes to say, her ring gear is always top notch. Moving on to going into the ring there with the, the Global Heritage International, you know, uh, tournament. And it's uh, Group B this time. It's representing Chase U. It's Duke Hudson versus representing the Gallus Boys. It's Joe Coffey. And with the Chase U, it's Andre Chase, um, you know, alongside with uh, Duke Hudson. And accompanying Joe Coffey is the rest of Gallus. Joe Coffey's brother, Marcus Coffey, and Marcus's uh, buddy and tag team partner, Wolfgang. Wolfgang, looking like little bees out there, buzzing around like little bees, buzzing around, little black and yellow striped buzzards, buzzing and buzzing. And of course, the match. It's uh, Joe, Joe Coffey. He's got uh, little big man syndrome. 
he's not very big. I mean, he's he's built for his size, you know. He said he's not very big in stature, but he's he's got put on a lot of stuff. He's put on a lot of stuff there. But uh, you know, when you look at Joe Coffey by himself, he's like, wow, that's a big guy. But put him against Duke Hudson, who's actually a really big guy. It's like, oh, who's that child against? Who's that child next to Duke Hudson? <laughs> it's true. Anyways, this match here. Um, they went uh, Big E style. It's weird, like, uh, Big E does, uh, like, big men slapping meat in the ring there. Just, like, just go ahead and hitting each other. Just going head first into each other. Slamming into each other. It's like, that's crazy, you know. Until, of course, the inevitable happens. Duke Hudson runs right over a Joe Coffey. Now, this match here was about... Uh, Almost four minutes long. Four minutes long. Very fast. You know. Um, Duke Hudson had his moments with the you chase you. You know. But Joe Coffey. Oh my goodness. He's got this one. Uh, now they're doing they're, the new move in the WWE. It seems like everybody's doing it. It's the uh, drop kick. It's the missile drop kick. They, you take a back bump drop kick off the top rope. It's off the top rope. A lot of them doing top top rope, but it's uh, they're getting big air. And uh, Joe Coffey this time with his uh, massive top rope drop kick, very impressive. Get some serious height off that. Uh, just knocking, uh, you know, Duke Hudson right off his feet, right off his feet. And then it's uh, Joe Coffey's number one move. It's uh, Becky Lynch's number one move as well. It's straight out. Of my cousin Vinny. It's uh oh! It's a Joe Pesci punch. My cousin Vinny punch. It's hilarious. It's a my cousin Vinny. Uh, he calls it the uh what's it the glass cow send-off, but it's really the uh the my cousin Vinny. So it's hilarious. So he thinks he my cousin Vinny uh what's that, Duke Hudson. But it's hilarious, Duke Hudson's so big. Looks like uh you know it's an offensive move. Looks like he just crushed in the skull of, uh, you know, Joe Coffey. But Duke Hudson takes a, takes a fall backwards a little bit, you know. And uh, basically what happens. After that, Joe Coffey goes for a, uh, what's that? Uh, his lariat, he does a spinning lariat. And he tries to spin lariat, uh, Duke Hudson. Duke Hudson spins around him, goes behind him with a quick schoolboy roll-up. A schoolboy. These schoolboys, Duke Hudson schoolboys, uh, Joe Coffey mm -hmm. and wins a match and so it is said whoever loses with the schoolboy or any roll-up is uh, the backwoods basically takes it in the rear because it's the most embarrassing way to lose humiliating way anyways so now we have going on now Duke Hudson said he was going to win this match and become the spoiler the spoiler because if Joe Coffey won, he would have been easily going to the next round. But now, out of the four, Akira Tazawa not winning a single match, having three chances. Three. Losing all three match three times. Akira. Well, he's the meme. He's the meme. And, of course, it's, uh, jo it's Joe Coffey, Nathan Fraser, Duke Cousin, all with four points. All winning two matches. All losing one match. Mm -hmm. It's true. So, on we go. We find out that uh, we got Bo back there with Kelly Kincaid. She's there with uh, Nathan Fraser. 
and Nathan's like, oh, I'm so excited about this. And no more opportunity to get in there. Yes, I can I can get win this match. I can become the new number one contender. He's all excited, happy. He's like, oh, I can't wait till next week. And Kelly's like, it's not going to happen next week. It's going to happen tonight. He's like, oh, Schneikies. I better get my ring gear on. Ho, ho. So off he goes. So next up, we got our big match. It's uh, Roxanne Perez versus Lola Vice. Now, Lola Vice, she is the crowd favorite. You know, Roxanne Perez, she usually is a crowd favorite. She's the, uh, the face. She's a baby face in this match here. I think uh, Roxanne Perez, she's, a, uh, she's, the, she's an architect of wrestling. She knows how to put a match together. She's a great wrestler. Only thing she's got against her is her stature. She's just very small. Very, very small. But she's got a great mind for wrestling. And uh, what this match? This match was was okay. It was okay. It wasn't great. Lola Vice, like I say, they weren't cheering uh, Roxanne tonight. They're all cheering Lola. Lola, 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 Lola. Now, Roxanne Perez, she did everything she did with this. She's uh, going with the Cody Rhodes School of uh, Wrestling. The old uh, went. Lola turned things around. Uh, she pushed uh, Roxanne off the ropes, where she dragged herself off. To, she draped herself over the top rope there, giving herself some injury to her arm. Oh, my arm! Damn it! Now I gotta, you know, overcome my arm injury to, and then beat you. So two oh, obstacles, baby. But that makes good wrestling. I'm just a cynic. So Roxanne fights through it, with a beautiful Fez press on, uh, you know, Lola. But Lola, here's a funny thing. At the end part, end of the sequence of the match, Lola, she's going for a, uh, um, a either a label lock, rings of Saturn, but she's going for some sort of, a, um, I guess, some sort of submission hold. And she's not quite getting it. I'm not sure what she's trying to do, really. I mean, it would, it would seem that would, what she's going for is uh, the position they're in. But she starts flapping around, you know, for something. And then it's Roxanne Perez thinking on her feet, rolling them up, rolling her up with the one, two, three, roll up. That's right. Another person taking it in the rear. It's Lola Vice. That's right. Not quite the typical, uh, you know, backwoods roll up, you know, schoolgirl or, uh, you know, inside cradle. But nevertheless, so there is a roll up that happened. And Lola Vice loses. Mm -hmm. Moving on, we have a vignette. It's with, uh, um, I believe it's Eddie, Eddie Thorpe. He's back there in his own stomping grounds. He's mourning his tree that Dijak whipped with his belt. Took his belt off and whipped the tree. He's like, oh, tree, I will mourn you. I will exact my revenge. Tree! The segment was exactly like that, I promise you. And then he, uh, he basically challenging Dijak to another match. So will Dijak beat Eddie Thorpe in another match, in a match of his choosing, which is a strap match. They're going to be strapped together. So they can strap and whip each other, senseless with the strap that's holding them together. Will it be fun? Who knows? Well, it's going to be, oh, I think it's, it, well, it's interesting anyways, because Eddie Thorpe, uh, he does so his matches, you know. Like, uh, he brought back the, uh, you know, uh, the NXT's uh, no uh, ropes uh, thing nonsense. Anyways, regardless. Moving on. 
Moving on. We'll go backstage with uh, some Becky Lynch and uh, Roxanne Perez. Roxanne's like, hey, listen, I understand you got a handicap match coming up there, and I'm here to uh, give you my assistance. I would love to help you, Becky Lynch. I would love to help you. She's like, no, no, don't even think about it. Don't even think about it. You might be a... She's a the man versus the prodigy, and the prodigy versus them two. No, never. Okay, she never said that. But she says, your arm, you better not risk your arm. Your arm. So yeah, she straight up, uh, Becky Lynch straight up, rejects, you know, Roxanne Perez to be her partner, you know? I think uh, even one-armed, uh, one-armed uh, Roxanne Perez is better than nobody. Anyways, Becky Lynch is a proof of point, I suppose. Moving on. It is a big match. It's champion versus champion. The Judgment Day's Dominic Mysterio without Rhea Ripley. She's still uh, injured, in quotes, by the uh, Nia Jax. Um, now, here we go. This is uh, Judgment Day's Dominic Mysterio, who is the current North American champion, versus the current NXT World Champion, Carmelo Hayes. Now, this had the greatest match ever written all over it. These both competitors are top-notch competitors. There's nothing that can stop this match from being the greatest, but it wasn't. This wasn't. This was uh, just a lot of, uh, you know, I guess, uh, potential. A lot of potential. Now, why do I say that? Why am I so damn cynical? Now, the biggest thing there, biggest telltale sign of things going wrong, going to go wrong, is uh, watching the match, ringside, it's uh, Ilya Dragunov. You know, Ilya Dragunov has eventual match. His match with, uh, you know, uh, Carmelo Hayes coming up at the uh, No Mercy. So I guess he's here to scope out to what uh, Carmelo Hayes can do. I mean, they fought before. He knows exactly what Carmelo Hayes can do. So I figured, yep, when I saw Dragunov with no reason to be there, I'm thinking, yep, something's gonna happen. And it did. And we'll get to that soon. Now, the match was very interesting because uh, the new thing for the NXT referees is they're, they're taking their hints from uh, John Cena when he was referee, like, hands on! Oh, right off the bat. Um, it's Carmelo Hayes gets Dominic on the corner, and right off the bat, it's uh, the referee shoulder tackling uh, Carmelo Hayes off of Dominic. Really? Really? I mean, what happened to the uh, listen to my com obey commands, if you don't, you're disqualified, and then start to count, you know? Let them know what you're gonna, you know what? Who am I? I'm not a referee telling these guys how to referee. Clearly, they don't know what they're doing. So, anyways, Dominic Mysterio turns things around because of that referee's uh, fine work. Uh, eventually, 619's the right way onto Carmelo's face. Carmelo's face, you know. Now, Carmelo turns things around again, too. You know, he gets the old, uh, his finisher, his, uh, the lung blower, the old, uh, what's that, the recoil, or the, uh, you know, some might call it the, uh, cold breaker, onto Dominic Mysterio. And that basically sets up the, uh, nothing but net leg drop from the top rope. Now, here's where it gets weird. I'm thinking, well, what's going on? What's going on? So, Carmelo Hayes climbs up the top rope, but before he can get to the top, he slips. He slips off the top, but Dominic was there just after he slipped and did, made a push motion. But he was already off. He was already off those ropes. Mm-hmm. Was he tired? 
what happened? Did he get to us getting wobbly legs at this point of the match? It wasn't a very long match. Um, the whole match was about uh, almost 10 minutes, nine and a half minutes. But anyways, he falls, he falls to the ground there. Um, Dominic Mysterio follows him. And this is where the hilarious part ensues. The hilarity. I, I just laughed out loud. Because they were fighting outside there. And then, uh, well, I guess uh, Dominic wanted to throw uh, Carmelo Hayes. And then Carmelo Hayes turns things around and I guess Lawn Darts pretty much throws uh, Dominic right in to Dragunov. Mining zones with doop 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 oh! It was hilarious, crushing Dragunov onto the ground. To make things more hilarious, more hilarious, um, it's like uh, Dominic like slingshots Carmelo Hayes into Dragunov again. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Why? It's hilarious. So he's becoming like the mad dragon, literally, again. You know? I'm so angry! So then, to top that off, it gets even more hilarious. Because uh, Dominic, he throws in Carmelo Hayes in the ring there. And then he turns around to uh, face uh, Dragunov. And then bitch, they, they bitch slaps him. That's all I can say. He just slaps the shit out of uh, Dragunov. <laughs> just one massive slap to the face. It was hilarious. And he goes in the ring there. Dragunov's all angry. He's all, his, you know, his... Is borscht. He's just boiling over. And then he comes in, you know, and then attacks both Carmelo and, uh, you know, uh, Dominic Mysterio. And uh, that's match ended there with a double DQ or something like that because he didn't really f attack anybody first. So it's just, it's over. It's over! And, well, Dragunov had the last laugh against Dominic Mysterio. He just gives you a full beating. And his famous... Um, it's, he's calls it, the, I call it the, uh, what's that, the missionary style of punch, where he lays down on top of you with a big forearm to the head. So, yeah. Dominic Mysterio. Uh, I wonder what Rhea Ripley's thing on the thing. Oh, boy, Willikers! Boy, have you seen this one here? Oh, it's only here. That's conversations you'd be having. Word for word. Anyway, so, yeah. Ilya Dragunov upset with Dominic Mysterio. And then, of course, this is where it gets interesting. After that, Dragunov is going for his uh, Torpedo Moscow. I call it the Torpedo Stupido because uh, when he's doing his, uh, his uh, flying headbutt, he doesn't know where he's going. That's why he's like a stupid person here. Oh, don't get in my way! So then he's going for his Torpedo Moscow onto Dominic. And I think this is what happened. Carmelo Hayes saves Dominic Mysterio by pushing him out of the way. And he gets torpedoed in the face. But they're saying Dominic pulled him in. I don't think so. Dominic was saved by Carmelo Hayes because Dominic is one of the greats. Anyways, while Dominic Mysterio is just making his way to the back, surprise, 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 a sneak attack. It's uh, a Dragon Lee. He was taking some sort of rouge to get the belt with a big old kick to the face. Can you believe it? What a cheap shot. <laughs> and where's Mustafa to stop this from happening? Nowhere. So yeah, Dragon Lee puts up the belt like, I'm going to be champion next. Next week on Monday Night Raw. I'm not in a hurry. I'm in a rush. Okay, so, 
And then we go backstage, and it's really hilarious. Oh my goodness, it is hilarious. Um, it is uh, Ava and Joe Gacy confronting now Ava and Joe Gacy. They're, I guess, not just no longer four roots, four root, two roots, uh, uprooted and took off. <laughs> the dyads gone. So now there are two roots. It was ridiculous. Um, so I guess Joe Gacy, when Ava, they need more people in their uh, a skiz in their skiz. And Trick Williams, I guess that's like uh, Ava's sake talking about. So uh, are you leaving uh, Carmelo Hayes behind? It's like what? What are you talking about? I mean, uh, Carmelo Hayes didn't get... No one left Carmelo Hayes behind. Carmelo Hayes needed to be... Uh, to set his own, uh, you know, legacy on his own. You know, he didn't want no, uh, you know, ast asterisk marks next to his victories. Like Roman Reigns does. You know? So, yeah, it's like, uh, you know, um, the loneliness is all over you. He said, he said, the loneliness is all over you. And, and uh, what's that trick's like, that's not loneliness, that's olive oil. <laughs> it was hilarious, hilarious banter. Um, well, well, you know what, uh, Joe thinks uh, he and Trick Williams have something in common. You know, uh, people leaving. Or him, Pete. Now, Carmelo, Trick Williams left Carmelo Hayes. That's what they're going for. And uh, it's not like, you know, Joe Gacy and Ava left, uh, you know, kicked, uh, what's that, or left the group of, uh, I, I'm, it's ridiculous. So whatever they're trying to, he's trying to connect the dots with him and, uh, um, you know, Trick Williams is absolutely nonsense. So regardless, Ava and Grand Theft Gacy, um, they just want to really, they just want to have three roots now. Even though they, what's happening with the schism? I thought they had a bunch of these, uh, you know, uh, minions with those dumb masks. I mean, they could easily, uh, I thought there's so many roots. It's so dumb. The schism. Regardless, I've talked way too much over the group. So now next up, we got ourselves a pep talk. Andre Chase giving the Andre pep talk of his life to uh, Duke Hudson. Duke's all tired. Ooh, ooh, that guy was tough. That guy, Joe Casey's tough. Ooh, ooh, he's a brick shithouse, I tell ya. Anyways, he gives a pep talk and Duke Hudson's ready to rock and roll. Become the MVP and the spoiler yet again. And we go there with that to, uh, um, you know, Mackenzie Mitchell. Mackenzie Mitchell's with uh, a little bit of the Hank Walker and uh, Tank, uh, you know, Tank Ledger. Could they be legitimate brothers, relatives? Who knows? But they're looking forward to doing something because they haven't really been doing anything in the NXT. I mean, the tag team matches, uh, I don't know. They haven't really been doing much but talk. So uh, what are they going to do? I don't know. Do they have Do they have potential? Not really. Next up, we go to a big match. It is a, a three-man. It's a uh, triple threat match. It is a global heritage international triple threat match to... Be the number one in the Heritage Cup uh, for Group B. Now, here's the thing. There's no time limit. Because if there were, if it was going to a draw, no one would win. It would be ridiculous. And so, what's going to happen it is uh, Nathan Fraser versus representing Gallus. It's Joe Coffey. And then with, of course, his brat boys beside him, you know, of uh, Marcus Coffey and Wolfgang. And then we got Chase U, Duke Hudson's, and then Andre Chase backing him. 
So this match was about, uh, it was close to nine minutes. Close to nine minutes. This was a lot of fun. Um, you know, uh, triple threat matches, they're, they're a lot of fun. A lot of action when it's done right. I mean, it can be over choreographed, so it can look really cheesy. Or it can look really natural, but you know what? It's tough to make a triple threat look really natural. But we had some big moments. We got Nathan Fraser with a massive tope suicida. Just crushing Duke and uh, Joe Coffee. Joe Coffee. Joe Coffee, oh my goodness. He was so proud of what he was doing. He was grabbing. Now, it's a good thing there's no disqualifications in this match because he grabbed Duke Hudson. He pulled him. Um, he made him scissor the ring post. And he pulled him taut. And he uh, pulled him through you know, with his leg on the... Uh, pulling him in with the leg on the old ring post itself and yanking him in there. Just tongue wagging. Like, ah, I'm having the time of my life. I love crashing people. I can do this in my sleep. Yep. This is a moment uh, Joe Coffey's been thinking about a long time. I can't wait till I crotch somebody and pull the groin into the thing. Okay, I've done. Okay, so after that, we got ourselves a... Why? A moment where uh, Joe Coffey tried to do a lariat thing onto, uh, you know, uh, Nathan Fraser, but somehow it's again... Duke Hudson goes for a roll-up, but this time, the roll-up didn't happen. So we move on. Joe, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Coffey does his, uh, you know, the My Cousin Vinny, the old uh, Glasgow send-off. He tried to do it to Nathan Fraser, but he gets caught in the face with this spin kick, baby. It was hilarious to see. I laughed out loud, babes, basically. But then after that, we got ourselves one sick-ass move. Um, Duke Hudson... Doing it properly this time. He's outside the ring. Now, last time he was inside the ring. He jumps outside the ring to jump back inside the ring. <laughs> it was weird. So this time he's outside the ring. He jumps into the ring, into the back, gets back to Nathan Fraser. And then with one massive, one badass, hugely badass uh, um, German suplex, German release suplex. Just throws Nathan Fraser almost out of his boots. Nathan Fraser does like a... a like, almost a full 360 in the air. Lands on his belly. But, man, he gave him a flip for a lifetime. It was craziness. Very impressive move. And then that goes the, uh, I guess you can call it a black hole slam. Maybe. Duke Hudson spinning the hell out of Nathan Fraser. Landing down with the uh, sidewalk slam. Thinks it's over. But no. Um, then we got ourselves a, a one... Now... Nathan Fraser, he's got this thing, but they, they had this big spot here. It's, you would think it's going to be a start off as a powerbomb, but Nathan Fraser spins it around with a, uh, I guess you can call it a Frankensteiner, a legitimate Frankensteiner now, I guess, I'm not sure how. Duke Hudson took a massive bump here. Beautiful, beautiful bump right on top of his head, you know, and he took a flop downwards there, so that was the beginning of the end, you know, it's over for Duke Hudson there, that bump there was it. But it's uh, Nathan Fraser. He goes off the top rope with a Phoenix Splash, a perfect Phoenix Splash, squashing Duke Hudson even more. But before he can finish it, Nathan Fraser is picked up by Joe Coffey, thrown out the ring, knocked out the ring, finished for him. It's done for Nathan Fraser. Inside the ring, Duke Hudson's picked up. Now, he could have just laid on top of Duke Hudson and, and that was it. Finished. But no, he goes for his uh, spinning uh, lariat. Is twirling lariat, they call it. The twirling lariat. The twirly boy. So he does a twirling lariat, and it's hilarious, because it uh, looked like he hit a truck. Looks like, uh, you know, uh, 
uh, Joe Joe Coffey did a just ran right into a truck, but Duke Hudson fell down there, and uh, that was it for the match. That was it for the match. Over. And moving on, so it's going to be uh, Joe Coffey versus Butch of the Brawling Brutes to move on to fight uh, Noam Dar. So who's going to be? Who will Noam Dar end up defending his title against? Butch or uh, what's that? Uh, Joe Coffey. So could Joe Coffey be the next Heritage Cup winner? I don't know. I mean, what is the Heritage Cup these days anyway? Do even people even care if they're the champion or not besides Noam Dar? I don't think so. I just don't. Anyways, next up we got ourselves a controversy. It's Mackenzie Mitchell with Mustafa Ali. Now Mustafa Ali's uh, perplexed of what just happened, what's going on. Now Mustafa Ali, he won a, uh, a match which makes him the number one contender. He beat uh, Dragon Lee fair and square even though it, countless, it doesn't matter. He beat Dragon, Dragon Lee with the match that uh, Dominic Mysterio personally refereed. He won. He is the next person in line for the, uh, what's that, uh, the North American Championship belt. But, however, um, on Raw, it was Dragon Lee getting an opportunity for Mustafa Ali. So Mustafa's like, well, something's got to be done. So yeah, I think uh, on Monday... Mustafa Ali will be there. Will be there. So yeah. So I'm pretty sure, uh, you know, Dominic Mysterio will continue being the belt champion if if um, Rhea Ripley's not there. We got ourselves a backup for Rhea, and it is uh, Mustafa. Okay, moving on. We go backstage. It's uh, basically basically, uh, you know. Uh, Tiffany Stratton and Keanu James are getting on the same page over the fact that they might not be on the same page with each other. They might not like each other too much, but they hate um, Becky Lynch as just as much as each other. So, like they say, an enemy of an enemy is a friend. So, they are friends. They're trying to get together. And then we go backstage. Again. Except this time it's with, uh, you know, Fallon Henley and... Uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen talking a little bit about uh, uh, that guy that with no, you know, talk about, oh, yeah, you got to give him a chance. Uh, you know, I can't remember his name. He's with the, uh, what's that, uh, Joe Gates, oh, he's with, with uh, Drew Gulak. Um, anyways, doesn't really matter. Uh, so, anyway, it's not about that. It's not about what's happening with their fourth member that possibly that uh, Fallon Henley thinks there's going to be a fourth member. Uh, but it's all about, uh, I guess, Baron Corbin. He's upset with the, Oh, I just can't get a proper massage! With you guys all yelling and screaming out here. Coming out there, you know. Yeah, it looks, kind of looks like Corbin's been hitting the gym, hitting those weights. You know, not bad, not bad, good, good. I mean, he's working on himself. But that's all the better for everybody who's going to be beating him in the NXT so I can see this happening. It's uh, Josh Briggs. He's like, hey, you know what? You talk about uh, everybody in the NXT being soft. Well, look who's getting massage. You. That's right. That's me. So I think, of course, it's going to be uh, Josh Briggs versus uh, Baron Corbin. It's going to be a, a barn burner. 
It's uh, Knuckle Duster, I'm pretty sure, these guys. Are, I mean, I haven't seen... Josh Briggs hasn't been in the ring for a long time. As a tag team, it's on its own. But as a singles competitor, Josh Briggs is a big guy. He's a big man. He's a, one of the big men. And he hasn't been doing anything as of late. Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so it'll be good to see some uh, um, Josh Briggs bring the thunder. You know. So moving on, we go to our main event match. It's uh, supposed to be a uh, handicap match. You know, buy your champion, Becky Lynch herself. She wants to humiliate uh, Kiana James and, uh, you know, Tiffany Stratton. But they won't have it because before the match starts, it's a 2-1-1 attack from behind before the match starts. Um, you know, they fight for about uh, maybe a minute and a half, minute, 40 minutes, you know, minute and a half about there, a 2-1-1. They fight and they take it to the ring there until, of course, you know, this is when you think uh, Roxanne Perez would come to the ring there. It's like, you know what? This is where I can take my chance. This is where I take my opportunity and come and help uh, Bacon Lynch anyways. I think I'm good enough to go. She's worried about my shoulder. I think my shoulder's good. I think I'm going to go to help now. But nope. She doesn't. She drops the ball. Coming to the ring is number three, I think, in the women's, uh, I think, best wrestlers in the uh, women's division in the NXT. Uh, I think it's still, it's uh, Tiffany Stratton's number one. Uh, Roxanne Perez is number two. And uh, Lyra Valkyria is number three. That's what I think. But that's my opinion, though. So Lyra Valkyria comes down there and helps out some uh, Becky Lynch. And then the referee decides, you know what? This makes sense. I'm going to take it upon my shoulders. A lonely referee who's got no pull besides calling a match. I'm going to make this a tag team match. And since Shawn Michaels is not there, he can't say, Oh, no, you don't. Let me look at you with my good eye. So, yeah, it becomes a, a two-on-two. And then that's when, uh, I guess, Tiffany and Kiana just had to leave. That's it. What? Whatever. We're going. And they're brought back to the ring. And the fight continues again. Now, we got the first tag in with uh, Lyra Valkyria. Not even close to the tag rope. The only tag that didn't really uh, use the tag rope at all. It was uh, laughable. I don't know if referee made it happen. He should have said, rope, rope, so he doesn't look like an idiot. But the referee looked like a complete fool. A complete fool. Now, Becky Lynch, she's full of, uh, you know, uh, she's, she's, re she's real go-getter in the ring there, you know. Rambunctious. She hustles a lot. And it's hilarious. They do a double-team move, her and uh, Valkyria. And uh, Becky Lynch, she goes for a drop uh, a leg drop. And she, goes, she runs and she literally goes, she doesn't get any height at all. It looks like she was going to do a, uh, a kick to the head. It's like some lame drop. Oh, it was so sad. So sad. Bacon Lynch is like sleepwalking through this match here. Now, Lyra, she got this massive, uh, what's that, uh, Northern Light Suplex. Right on to, uh, it was really nice. Um, got that on, uh, you know, Kiana. But here's the thing. Um, it's uh, Tiffany Stratton. She breaks up the pin. She does a double axe handle. She throws up. Ah, she double axe handles. She misses uh, Lyra Valkyria and double axe handles uh, um, uh, Kiana James right in the stomach. It was weird. It was hilarious. Anyways, now they do a fantastic move. Now it is uh, Lyra and Becky Lynch. They get in the ring there together. And then they do double team move. They get both get their opponent there and they climb on the top rope. They drape the other opponent to the ropes. Each of them drape their opponent to the ropes. And they're doing a mirroring each other on, each, on either side of the ring. Becky and uh, uh, Lyra. 
and it's going to be a big dropkick. Becky Lynch showcasing that she's sleepwalking through this. And Becky Lynch does love, I say this, every time Becky Lynch is fighting, guaranteed she's going to go onto the ropes. 100%. Now, why she only went on the second ropes? Maybe she's building up. So she goes on the second rope. And like always, Becky Lynch, did never, never will she go um, vertical. She never goes vertical. She goes always goes horizontal. So she horizontally slides out and with another half-ass leg drop. And then, and then uh, Lyra Valkyria. She shows how it's done. Shows how it's done. Top rope, axe kick, axe kick uh, leg drop. It, beautiful. Beautiful. I thought she retired that one. But she prints out and she just drops, kicks the hell out of Canada James. You know, leg drops the hell out of Canada James. It was beautiful, gotta say. You know, just from the heaven, just like gorgeous. But the move of the night, oh my goodness. It is uh, Tiffany Stratton. She's pulling out the moonsault now. The moonsault, she'd done it once before, and there's another moonsault. She just, just absolutely beautiful. So she just lands a moonsault, but doesn't work. Doesn't get the pin. Becky Lynch eventually gets uh, tagged back in, and she does her big, uh, she does a top, she finally goes to the top rope and does a, a pretty decent dropkick off the top rope there. Canada James will really get smashed with that one. <clears throat> now, Tiffany Stratton comes in to try to help out, but it comes at 2 on one you know, this is where uh, Becky Lynch takes up both with uh, one is like a DDT and one's a inverted DDT, uh, inverted DDT, and the other one is uh, like Stephanie Stratton takes an inverted DDT. Well, you know, Cannon James takes a regular DDT. Well, they both take DDTs. It's hilarious. Tiffany Stratton rolls out of the ring there. Cannon James, then they scuffle Cannon James and uh, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch gets the uh, version of a manhandle slam. She picks her up, she throws her down. She tags in. You know, uh, Lyra Valkyria, who goes to the top rope with a, actually looking very beautiful, very beautiful form. He does like a frog splash, you know, not really quite a frog splash, but it is uh, like a dive out of the air, like a, a swan, it is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And then like that, just like that, it is over within 13 minutes. But before the day's over, while uh, Lyra and uh, Becky Lynch are celebrating, it is uh, Tiffany Stratton coming from behind with the chair, whammo, hitting Becky Lynch in the back. You know, and then taking out some uh, Lyra Valkyrie with the chair, doing some fancy chair work. You know, taking out some Becky Lynch, chairs to the back. You know, and uh, yeah, she's making a statement. Boy, it's, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, Tiffany Stratton. She uh, definitely, again, Tiffany Stratton outclassed just about everybody in this match. Um, it was a, it was a good match. Uh, I liked it. It was good, even though Nair Valkyrie and Becky Lynch won. But with the moral victory, it's you know uh, Tiffany Stratton, you know, over top of Becky Lynch's body with her title in her hand, where once her title will soon be again. Tiffany Stratton looking good. Now, with that said, that does wrap it up with this week's episode of the NXT. Um, now for our podcast listeners, uh, stay tuned for some SmackDown after the short break. But for the podcast, or for our YouTube viewer, this is it for today's episode. Please stay tuned for our next episode. Uh, I've been your host, Lip Hazelwood, for the wrestling show saying, I'll see you next time. Oh, hey there. It's that time again. 
to take a very cynical look back at the latest episode of SmackDown. And before we start today, we got ourselves a uh, wonderfully updated version of the song, of the theme song. So let's, uh, without any further, let's uh, get on with the song. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. Lip really loves wrestling. He likes to talk about it too. If you like to watch wrestling like he do, come and join us on the wrestling show. Well, well, welcome to All Wrestling Show. I'm your most fickle host, Lip Hazlywood, and this is a very cynical look back at the latest episode of Representing the WWE and Live from the Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona. It's a Friday Night Smackdown. Um, this episode is, of course, the road to Fastlane. That's right, Fastlane's coming up very soon. But before we dive into the show, just a quick shout-out, a quick one, to the non-competitors. That's right, the non-combatants. Uh, first and foremost, representing the authority figure, it's Adam Pierce. Next, there's actually nobody, and nobody, doing any pre-match interviews today. It's a very interesting day in SmackDown because there is very few, nothing much happening. After all, there's a huge shake-up that happened in the WWE, uh, but we won't get into that much. We just get into the show itself. I mean, I'm just saying there's not much happening in today's show. Anyways, not me, nobody, nobody representing backstage presence. Um, next, getting into the ring and uh, telling everybody, letting everybody know who's about to fight and whatnot. It's uh, Mike Rome uh, doing commentary or announcing. And then, of course, least we forget, it's the commentary team. They're the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and I even call them the narrators of the whole damn show. They are the team of a three-man team. You're, this is the heavy team today. Um, the, first of all, um, he is a man with uh, impeccable style. Uh, the very extremely handsome. He is uh, a co- the very reliable a Corey Graves. Backing him up, Corey refers to him as uh, a KP, but we all re- uh, actually we all know him KP as the very enthusiastic Kevin Patrick, and. Uh, I guess uh, co-co-hosting is, of course, the man with over 25 years of experience. And on his second show, because he's with Huey uh, Barrett on Monday Night Raw, it is uh, Michael Cole. The Michael Cole. Now, without any further ado's, let's get on with uh, the big show. Or should I say, what show is it today? I don't know. It's three matches. And it's a road to, uh, I guess, uh, Fastlane. So how are you, and okay, another thing, uh, who's not here today? Who's not at, it's Friday Night Smackdown, who should be there, like champions? Mm-hmm. We don't have, uh, the tag team champions aren't there? That's right, Blood, uh, the, not Bloodline, it's the, uh, the Judgment Day. I made a pie. That's right, they're not there. They say they run the WWE, but they've been on Smackdown like once. Mm-hmm. So no Judgment Day, no Tag Team Championship presence, and also no Heavyweight Champion. That's right, no Universal Champion. 
Uh, Roman Reigns does not appear on tonight's show. Roman Reigns is like uh, when Vince McMahon was a guest uh, computer as the, uh, you know, uh, GM. So ridiculous. So ridiculous. So yeah, Roman Reigns, not there uh, again. And people will say, oh, Roman, he's the greatest. I don't know. I don't really don't. I, I honestly don't think of, is Roman Reigns really the greatest out there. I mean, uh, most of his most of his championship uh, victories, uh, def title defense victories, are uh, obviously uh, been marred by someone helping him because he's he can never he can barely barely do it on his own. There's a very few matches where he does. Roman Reigns can do it on his own, but that's very few. Like maybe out of his, I think, uh, very few championship title defenses out of uh, what. 27 or something like that. Uh, it's an absurd amount uh, that he has. Um, but yeah, the fact is, Roman Reigns is just not there again. Not again there today. So we start off with the next best thing, I guess. How are you going to lift up a show that uh, you got nothing on it? Why bring back John Cena? You know, John Cena's coming up there. Let me get the picture up there. Number one. And that's John Cena's music played by me. 100% accurate, you know. That's how it's usually done on the slide whistle. Anyway, so John Cena's out there and, uh, well, he recaps his entire career back as, you know, I'm John Cena. Hi, everybody. I'm John Cena. The things I've done while I was back in the WWE, you wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't believe it too. I told my best friend, Mike Rowe, he didn't believe it either. Didn't say any of that, but he did recap his career, what he's been up to, all the costumes he wore. It's fantastic. But uh, he's here because this night is supposed to be, uh, you know, a very special night. I'm like, yeah, whatever, John Cena, a very special night. Why? Uh, basically, uh, you know, he's had fun dressing up as playing different characters on the show, you know. And now he wants to play a wrestler now. He's got his costume on for the job. And he wants to, he wants a, a match. And he's got a problem with the uh, the bloodline. Or what's, I guess, Jimmy, Us uh, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. What is the bloodline these days? It's them two. Like I was, like I was griping on earlier about uh, Roman Reigns never being around there. Overrated, I'd say. Overrated by me. And when I say someone's overrated, it means almost nothing. Okay, so, so he's, uh, I guess, he's looking out for. He calls out, uh, well, AJ Styles, you know. Um. Now, now the thing he says. Um, John Cena. He says, now getting old, it meaning that uh, your hearing goes first. Your hearing goes first. Unless, of course, you're John Cena, then your hair goes first. <laughs> a schnikes. Zapparuni on John Cena's. Uh, it's not a receding hairline because he's, he's getting the, uh, the the lake effect in the back, you know. And a little lake is spreading up, you know. Pretty soon it's going to making a river and turning into an ocean. Yes, that's right. I'm relating hair loss to uh, lakes and oceans. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyway, so John Cena's out there. He gets uh, AJ Styles out there, and they're calling out the bloodline. The bloodline. Mm -hmm. 
museum won a big bull fight. It's going to be a big old thing there. It's going to be fun. And of course, uh, we got ourselves uh, Soul Skull and Jimmy! Jimmy Uso! Come in out there. They go out there like they're going to fight, but they don't fight. They just stare, sneer at each other because this can't happen today. This can't happen today. John Cena, he doesn't fight on these shows, you know. It's very rare that John Cena fights in at all. You know, I'm surprised he's actually going to do it in Fastlane. You know, uh, he's usually uh, a SummerSlam WrestleMania man. A WrestleMania. Anyways, they walk off and uh, it's just not over now. John Cena demands from Adam Pierce that they have a match. Too sweet. Meaning right away. Or very sweet. Because if it's too sweet, it's almost too sweet, baby. So yeah, AJ Styles is uh, ready to dump the old Good Brothers for John Cena. Mm -hmm. Because the Good Brothers won't have, won't have anything to do with the uh, um, bloodline. Because they're too afraid. <laughs> We're the Good Brothers. We're too good to take on a the, 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 your bloodline. <laughs> I don't know. So then, uh, here we go. Our next match coming up. It is uh, our first match, actually, representing the Luftwaffe. I call them Luftwaffe because I'm a retard. They are called the LWO Latino World Order. And with them, it is uh, Santos Escobar representing and Rey Mysterio. And with them, it's uh, Zelina Vega. I got to say, with the LWO, I mean, last week they had the entire team, rarely, and Rey Mysterio was saying that, Oh, these... LWO, they know they're a great family. They show me what a real family is like. But then again, look at this. Just three of the five members are here today. Nice family. Nice a family. And also, oh, Rey Mysterio. You know, he's getting up there in age. He's maybe 70 years old right now, Rey Mysterio. You know, he looks like a sly 50. And his body, now he's not complete. He's not fat. He's not a potato. Even though he looks sort of like Mr. Potato Head, you know. He's got that uh, the kind of the weird-shaped uh, torso. and those, He's got muscles on his arms, and he's got these little toothpick legs. But Rey Mysterio found out the, posit the positivities of, uh, how would you say, uh, uh, body modification. Um, what gear? Body modification gear. So he has, his legs are thickened up by his pants. He's got, it's hilarious because he's wearing this, uh, you can tell he's wearing these, these underpants. These really thickening pants he's wearing on the bottom because it looks like a lot of things. He looks like he's wearing some sort of uh, uh, diapers, diapers underneath his, uh, his uh, you know, wrestling trunks. You know, it looks sort of hilarious. Raymond Sturio doing whatever he can to thicken up his, his chicken legs. He's got his, these uh, chicken legs. Now, I've done, you know, criticizing the holy shit out of uh, Raymond Sturio. Now, who are they fighting? Who are they fighting? What? It's new. Um, Street Profits, you know, being led to the ring by Bobby Lashley. And uh, basically, it is uh, Bobby Lashley's private party. And who's involved? It is, uh, why? It's obviously Street Profits. Angelo Dawkins, um, BBS, you know, he's got the basketball shorts. Angelo Dawkins, he's will always have the basketball shorts. That was Hill, he's willing to die on. It's so ridiculous. And... Amantes Ford, Amantes Ford. No, what about this match here? The first match was about ten and a half minutes. There's only three matches in this night. First one was t eleven and a half minutes. So you know it's a nice barn burner of a match, I suppose. 
a lot of back and forth in this match for that's where darn sure you know now here's what i get now the wwe they're trying to work on the tag team um you know rules and whatnot like uh using the tag ropes when you're tagging in and out and the last person i expected to uh forget how a tag match works is Rey mysterio now there was a very few tags that Rey tagged only in twice tagged in twice in the match and twice he decided not to use the tag rope he's the only one that doesn't use a tag rope that's right i make sure i look at these things because i'm an asshole so yeah, because I think without proper rules in a wrestling match, it's just a bunch of guys playing slap ass in the ring. Mm -hmm. So, Rey Mysterio, uh, I guess slaps uh, Santos Escobar in the back, gets in the ring there for some reason. But here's a, f oh, it gets hilarious. This match is hilarious. Now Rey Mysterio, has, he does his uh, a sliding Santon, sliding splash, I should say. He does a, he slides, he midget tosses himself, slides himself out of the ring there. Whether if it's a uh, off defensive move, not defensive move, whether if it's an offensive move by his opponent by uh, Midget tossing him outside the ring and he falls out the ring, splashes outside the ring, or it's an offensive move where he does it to himself and splashes on an opponent. But this time he goes up there and he tries to does do a sliding splash on Montez Ford. Angel Dawkins is like pulling him away. <laughs> uh, it was I laughed out loud. I'm thinking there's this has got to be there's got to be better ways this could have been done, you know. If he's going to screw Rey Mysterio with his slide out, how about, uh, you know, Angel Dawkins go for a, uh, you know, tackle while he's sliding out there. But you know what? It was just, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. The match does go on. Santos Escobar with the move of the night. You know, he gets, uh, um, I believe, uh, Montez Ford. It's uh, Horikarana right off the top rope. They're both standing on the top rope and he jumps even higher. Hurricana. Hurricana, thank you very much. Very, very good. Now also, yeah, like I say, Rey Mysterio. Tag rope? What tag rope? He's like Judgment Day of old. Before Judgment Day, uh, you know, when they realized before they realized that tag ropes actually matter. But they don't matter. Tag ropes don't matter to the referees, really coming down to it. They never say anything. Never. Except maybe the uh, NXT once or twice. So yeah. Rey Mysterio, he actually goes up against the uh, Angel Dawkins. He turns things around, gives him a nice old sky high power bomb, goes for the pin. Santos Escobar comes in, breaks it up like a hero. Hero! And after that, we get a point there where they all get, you know, after Santos breaks up, you know, they fight. Montez Ford tries to throw him outside the ring. They both go outside the ring there. And then Rey Mysterio and Angel Dawkins are in the ring. Rey Mysterio hits the ropes, he uh, dives at, he gumps at Angel. Angel gives him the back body drop outside the ring. Now, thank goodness Montez Ford was out there. Because uh, it was supposed to be a spot where he hits Montez Ford, but he fell very short. Very, very short. Montez Ford had to catch him like a little bebe. Like a little bebe. Mm -hmm. So Montez Ford saved the day. You know... Actually, Rey Mysterio, he's been a champ for over a month. He had one uh, one championship defense, so it's not too bad, I suppose. But anyways, outside the ring, it is uh, Angel Dawkins. He gets he collects the ref, makes the ref turn his back on the whole whole deal outside the ring. That's when uh, Bobby Lashley uses his great strength to pick up uh, Rey Mysterio and choke slams him on the hardest part of the ring, which is the apron area. The apron area. Rolls him back in the ring there, and uh, Angel Dawkins like wondering what the heck to do. Oh. What do I do now? 
Oh, what do I do now? And then, uh, of course, uh, Bobby Lashley had to direct him what to do. Finish it! Pin him for crying out loud, you son of a gun. So, Andrew Dawkins picks up, uh, you know, Rey Mysterio and gives him some sort of, I guess he picks him for some sort of power bomb. I guess. But Rey Mysterio goes to the power bomb. Andrew Dawkins helps him over his head, pops him up over top of his head so Rey Mysterio can successfully perform a, uh, what's that, uh, a sunset flip. A sunset flip on uh, Angel Dawkins, causing Angel to roll on his back and for the big loss. Mm -hmm. Looks like the private party may be over for the uh, Street Profits. Mm -hmm. Bobby Lashley not happy walking out on his team just like he does with all his teams. Everybody that's been with Bobby Lashley, he walks out on all of them. All of them. Cedric Alexander. Shelton Benjamin, MVP. Mm -hmm. You know, I wonder if Bobby Lashley will ever wonder, realize that maybe Bobby Lashley is a problem. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so we move on. And it's with uh, Austin Theory. He's coming out there with like a house on fire. He, t oh, he tries to tear apart the wow, counter. Somewhat tears apart the commentating table. He finds, and then, well, after that, we go to ourselves, uh, we find ourselves a little vignette. This is uh, the team of uh, the Unholy Alliance of, uh, you know, the, the most sexiest woman in all of wrestling. It's Isla Dawn with her tag team partner, Alba Fire. Alba Fire and Isla Dawn. Now, they put a hex, apparently, they put a hex on a women's tag team division. That's why the women's tag division is so garbage right now, because the hex. Actually, the hex is because uh, whomever has a tag team belts, one of them will be injured. So it's them that's causing the injury. Oh, with a voodoo spell. But anyways, um, it's been a long, long time since we've seen the two of these two. The two of these two. And I guess what a time to put their promo up when there's nothing happening in SmackDown today. Moving on. So it's wonderful to see uh, Isla Dawn. So we move on and we go backstage again. It's with uh, Austin Theory. He's complained to Adam Pierce. He wants things done. And then we got ourselves a brawling, the brawling brutes without the Seamus. Just uh, Ridge Holland and the booch with the booch. And, uh, you know, they're they're all like uh, getting in uh, Austin Theory's grill. And we got uh, his, I guess it's the new formy, newly formed tag team, I guess. Newly friends, formed friends and team. It's uh, Grayson Waller coming out there. So, yeah, they had a little thing and they, they put a match together. They're going to have a fight. So this is basically a build-up to their match. Grayson Waller, Austin Terry versus the Brawling Brutes. The Brawling Brutes. Mm -hmm. Automatically, I know who's going to win there. The Brawling Brutes won't, is not going to win. They're, I'm not sure what's going on with the Brawling Brutes. Um... They're just, uh, I don't see, I don't even see potential in them anymore. Um, they, they, there's got to be some sort of, something's got to happen. You know, Seamus is a, a terrible mentor. Uh, yeah. Anyways, it's going to be the Brawling Brutes losing to the uh, the wonderful team of Theory and, uh, you know, um, Walla, Walla Theory. 
the Waller theory. Next up, we go backstage again. It's uh, with uh, a little bit of uh, the Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley. He's had it with the uh, Street Profits. You gonna lose like that? Well, you must just go back to catering. You know, it's a shame because uh, I hear uh, Cedric, or should I say Shelton Benjamin has been released from the WWE. So that's uh, part of the Hurt Business that he will never get back. Never get back. So if he wants to get the Hurt Business back together, he's out of, he's out of luck. He's got to find two other gentlemen for that. So whatever, Bobby Lashley is the problem, you know? This way, I think is uh, if it comes down to stuff, Bobby Lashley, uh, he going through Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, like I say, and uh, MVP. And without uh, MVP, Bobby Lashley's been floundering in uh, mediocrity. You know, with MVP, he was a champ. He was championship material. Without him, he's lost. He's a, just a giant muscle-bound man with no direction, zero direction, and no aggress, no assertiveness. Word counts. Moving on from Bobby Lashley to our final match of the night. Actually, no, it's a middle match. It's, um, this one here actually is legitimately, there's three matches. This is legitimately, um, the, you know, uh, mid-card. This is a legitimate mid-card match. This is a halfway, this is a middle match, mid-card match. It is the women's championship match. They couldn't even give this one the main event. They couldn't give this the main event match spot. Wow. Wowie, wowie, wowie. But this match was uh, 20 minutes, 20 and a half minutes, roughly. Could be about 21 minutes. But this was the longest women's match I've ever seen in the WWE. And uh, it's between uh, your champion, um, representing damage control, EO Sky, um, being es escorted to the ring by... Uh, the most sexiest woman in all of SmackDown. It's Bailey, with her wonderful ponytail intact, and uh, the newly uh, purpley pink hair of uh, Dakota Kai. Backing up, uh, actually watching uh, watching the match uh, ringside. So, well, Dakota Kai was she was doing nothing. <laughs> She's not helping at all. Anyways, how about this match? This match was very fast paced. A very fast paced match. Throughout the whole thing, they kept up a fast pace, a lot of back and forth in the match, uh, you know, give and take. But watching the match, coming to ringside to give a good watch was uh, Charlotte, Charlotte Flair. Now, I thought, I'm assuming like Charlotte's here, is there going to be some shenanigans going to happen? Are you going to be fighting in front of Charlotte and they're going to be doing something in front of Charlotte and, you know, the whole thing going to happen? You know, Charlotte does get involved with the match, kind of, but not the way I thought it was going to happen. Let's move on. So, yeah, EOS guy. Showing that she's got one hell of a uh, um, springboard dropkick. Not once, but twice she does that. You know, smashes a holy hell, stamps, stomps a holy hell out of a, you know, Asuka in the ring there. Now Asuka is showing the world that, you know what? The women's division, um, we can do the superplex the proper way, which is on the top rope. The top rope suplex, although... You know, it's not really a suplex. You know, it's more of a throw. It's more of a throw. You know, it's. I'd say it's a real suplex is like a, a slam. You pick them up and then you drop them down, like a nice slam. You know, it's a, sort of like a, a drop slam. In my mind, that's how it's how I see it. You know, but they're just basically it's whipping them off, whipping them off. Very dangerous. Anyways, big move. 
You know, man, we got a point here where uh, Bailey gets involved in the match by blowing that beautiful Bailey air into, uh, you know, Oscar's face. I don't see why that's a distraction, but uh, anyways, she's, uh, I guess she's just uh, getting, uh, you know, I guess she's feeling that Oscar, she's got no chance against uh, Eos Sky, so she's giving her a little relief, some really little relief. Breath of Bailey, that helps a lot, I would think. But however, it did help a lot. Asuka then does her dropkick off the top rope, a missile dropkick, right down to Eoskai. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The match carries on. To uh, We got this the weirdest spot. It would never have worked. It was sloppy at best. It uh, They managed to do the move. And the move was this. Asuka was outside the ring there, holding on, you know, uh, to this bottom rope. And then uh, Eoskai does a sunset flip over top of her, outside the ring, and it's supposed to be a power bomb outside the ring on the uh, the new soft, soft uh, five-inch foam pads on top of the hard concrete. So Eos guys flips over and she lands so weirdly. She's landing vertically or horizontally. <laughs> it's on her, her she's barely, and then uh, eventually uh, Oscar basically drops off the mat. It was a very lackluster, big spot, but uh, yeah, way to ruin that spot. Anyways, to make this spot a little bit bigger, it's uh, now Eoskai, she does this, uh, they call it a moonsault off the top rope outside. Now, this is the same uh, quote unquote moonsault uh, Charlotte Flair usually uses, and I'm constantly flicking uh, quotes up there because it's basically just a backflip. You know, uh, doing a straight up moonsault off the top rope would be uh, too many things can go wrong, but if you're gonna go do a a backflip, so you know you're gonna land on your feet. Nothing's gonna happen except uh, you might uh, put your feet directly into your opponent's face, but not if you land next to them, like uh, Charlotte and Eo Sky do. Very good. Don't be hurting your opponent. Work safe, regardless of how bad it looks to the live audience. Uh, so the match carries on. Oscar gets Eo Sky into the uh, the traditional Oscar lock. You know. Um, now eventually this gets so weird. The referee, he's like, he's laying down there. He's looking at what's going on and they're moving. She's moving backwards. Trying, Eos guy's trying to get the ropes there by uh, getting your foot down to it. Referee's like, he said so weird. Bailey ends up uh, grabbing uh, the leg of uh, Eos guy over top of the body of the referee and pulling her to, it's like so hilarious. It's like, what is going on here? This is really poorly planned out. <laughs> Anyways, that saved uh, U.S. Guy from uh, sure tapping out because the referee got tapped on the buttocks. Yo, and he's like, oh, hey, thank goodness you're there. Oh, what? Her leg's there? Oh, and you had nothing to do with it. I'm sure. I'm sure. So that's that. You know, referee had it bought, bought that excuse, you know, hook, line and sinker. But Charlotte didn't. She's like, oh, no. She gets up from uh, sitting next to the commentators. So wait, um, you know, of uh, Michael Cole. Um, Corey Graves and uh, Kevin Patrick and she leaves their area she's saying nothing the whole time even though I'm not sure why um, Charlotte could have said a couple of things she's not I thought she was good with the microphone anyway she comes down there and she la labels she like knocks out uh, some Bailey mm -hmm. yeah and Bailey mm -hmm. didn't realize that before but she was wearing some uh, insanely high heels yep trying again Anyway, so she gets knocked down. Because she's wearing high heels, she doesn't have good balance because she's not really good on heels. So she falls down. And then, but, however, 
Oscar, instead of taking advantage of this, uh, thank you, you know, uh, Charlotte. Now I can get back to work and win this match. She goes and she's looking at what's going on. Oh, what's going on? You know, after that huge uh, Oscar log was on there for quite a while. So Oscar checks out. So Oscar, you know, she's looking out at what's going on in the background there. Eos guy runs and gives her the old uh, double knees to the back of the head. And then off the top rope, it is over to Moon Salt by Eos guy. Her uh, whipping Moon Salt. Um, it's, I would say, the second best Moon Salt in the women's division. Mm -hmm. The best one goes to Tiffany Stratton, baby. The greatest Moon Salt ever. And the sexiest, too. Okay, moving on. We go backstage to this with uh, Adam Pierce. Now, apparently, to approve this match with uh, John Cena and uh, AJ Styles, he has to go through uh, Paul Heyman somehow. What? He has to go through Paul Heyman to okay everything. As if Paul Heyman has... Who's, so he had to do that. Um, so... I guess Adam Pierce has a contract and uh, Paul Heyman says, yes, here's a contract, but just make sure it's not for today. So, of course, John Cena's not going to fight today. Oh, it's a special day in uh, SmackDown today. John Cena's going to be fighting. John Cena. You know. He's got to do his dumb music every time. John Cena will be fighting, but no, John Cena's not fighting because John Cena... He hasn't fought at all this year. He's made a couple appearances, second appearance this year. But now he's got, he's obligated for a match. No, I could be mistaken. You know he had a match. It was against Austin Theory. Okay, so, um, anyway, so he's he's ready for a match, but it's supposed to be a bigger thing, so now it's not for tonight. But uh, here's where it gets crazy. It's uh, Jay Uso, or Jimmy! Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy! Jimmy Uso. He uh, says, oh, yes, uh, Make sure you get down to the ring, because we'll sign that in the ring. So uh, I find Jimmy, Jimmy, his new attitude. It's like uh, Scrubs. I don't know if you know what Scrubs is, but Scrubs is an old TV series about doctors. And one guy, his name is uh, Turk, Dr. Turk, I believe. Um, and he's uh, uh, the Donald Faison character. This is Jimmy Uso doing Donald Faison's Turk. He's a uh, very... Uh, very blissfully, you know, uh, optimistic. For a person who wanted out, uh, it doesn't matter. J Jimmy! That's all I gotta say about him now. Jimmy, Jimmy! So now we go back, not backstage, we got a vignette there with uh, the healing process of um, Elton Prince with Kit Wilson helping him along with his rehab. So yeah, one day, someday, Probably we'll see uh, the, I guess, uh, Pretty Deadly at uh, Payback, maybe, at the earliest. But who knows? Maybe WrestleMania is where they make the, retur make the return. Because right now, I don't think they're in any hurry to come back to the tag team division. Because the tag team division in the WWE is straight up garbage. Men and women's both sides. Both divisions are trash. Currently trash. And speaking of a trashy division, we got ourselves our main event tag team match. It is uh, representing the Brawling Brutes. It's Butch and Ridge Holland versus uh, Austin Theory and Grayson Walla. That's right. So, uh, nice match here. It was about 11 and a half minutes. 
It was okay. It was good. It was a barn burner. Um, it was it was not bad. I mean, Oscar and Io Sky had the match of the night, even though uh, it was a weird ending. But you know, considering all things considering, they put in a lot of work. You know, um, Io Sky with her first title defense. Oh, oh my goodness! You know, <laughs> since uh, she got it, number one in. Uh, oh, it's been a long time. Anyways, we're talking about this match now. Now, the Brawling Brutes, uh, it was a lot of fun. The tag was there, I guess, and they, they, they bent the rules when they could, and they had their uh, Beats of the Balor now. Seamus, he did the 10 Beats. He does the 10 Beats of the Balor. He does it by himself. Now, a tag team, they got somehow, they got to do it synchronicity. They got to do it at the same time, so they do it. I guess uh, um, Ridge Holland has uh, Austin Theory in the ring there, giving him the 10 Beats, while Butch has uh, Grayson Waller outside the ring, giving him 10 Beats by the, uh, you know, Timekeepers area. Now we got to part of the match. Now we end part of the match. It was a lot of back and forth. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Like I say, ten and a half minutes. You know, it was ten and a half, and a half minutes. That was close. So we go where uh, now all four of them are tussling. You know, Rich Holland's in the ring there with the eight town down Austin Theory, and outside it's the Grayson Waller. And he's getting flattened by uh, a butch. He goes to the second rope and does a moonsault off the second rope, you know? Um, and he crushes uh, Grace Waller out there while inside the ring, they tussle a bit. You know, it's uh, Rich Holland and uh, Austin Theory. Now, Austin Theory, he gets put into a, uh, I guess you can say a sharpshooter, you know, a Boston Crab, trying to get uh, Austin Theory to tap out, but Austin Theory is just too tough. He doesn't tap out, you know, Boston Crab's on tough. And uh, Grayson Waller outside there with Butch. And Butch jumps on his back um, with a rear naked choke with the backpack. A backpack rear naked choke, you know. So both of them, Grayson Waller and Austin Theory, are being uh, submitted. So will this be the end of Grayson Waller and Austin Theory? Nope. Grayson Waller then takes, uh, you know, Butch smashes him back first into the steel post. Paffo, waffo. Thank you, Mafo. And then he rolls into the ring with his finisher, the rolling stunner. And he stunners uh, Rich Holland in the middle of the ring there. Swammo. And then it's A-Town down. Why to go to sleep on Rich Holland. Rich Holland, that's right. The brawling brutes lose as I expected them to do. And and they're saying that they got no direction without... You know, shamey shame there. Without Slim Shamey, they're directionless. You know, uh, I'd say even with Seamus, Rich Holland and Butch are directionless. They need they need a leader, a real leader. You know, someone who uh, who can help them grow as as wrestlers and as uh, people. And Seamus is you can't just have a friend. You need someone. You need a like a an AJ Styles type. Anyways, that's it for the matches. You know, A-Town gets a pin. You know, they're calling got uh, oh, oh, Kevin Patrick, let's call him A-Town Under. A-Town, A-Town Down Under. Mm-hmm. A-Town Down Under. Mm-hmm. I say, uh, what's that? Uh, not that. You know, it's uh, the A-Town Effect. with the Grayson Waller Effect. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Who am I saying? So after that, the match is over. But the night's not over because there's a contract signing. 
supposed to be a contract signing, uh, hosted by Adam Pierce. We got John Cena comes out to ring there, and he signs a contract right away. Oh, I gotta sign this thing. And then uh, it's um, what's that? Uh, AJ Styles music hits, but AJ Styles is nowhere to be seen. Where is AJ Styles? Why he's getting his ass handed to him by uh, Jimmy Uso? Now this is hilarious. This is hilarious because they clearly they set up a bunch of moving crates into a, a wall into a wall so, you, so one part was completely blinded isolated from the camera's vision and then they fight over top of the wall there they, and then AJ Styles knocked over the wall Solo Sokoa is planted you know beyond the wall on top of scaffolds and they go, oh my goodness I wonder what's gonna happen there Solo Sokoa Uso dives right off of it off the scaffolds I guess you can say maybe a good uh, maybe 15 feet in the air 10 to 15 feet in the air and he dives down you don't see where he dives on you can know it's a stunt clearly it's a stunt and they don't want you to see it because it's clearly going to be a stunt because I, I can imagine they just put a whole bunch of boxes boop, 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 had a box set there and you just splashed on the boxes took your time to clear the boxes out that's so ridiculous I'm trying to so yeah the whole the deal is the dealio is that AJ Styles got squashed you know, now what's John Cena gonna do? Oh, what's he gonna do? He saw his name's on a contract, and it's uh, what? Um, now the good brother, good brother of uh, um, Luke Gallows and Meechin are back there with the uh, their ambulance, the WWE official ambulance. You know, and uh, it's Carl Anderson saying, oh, "That's why we didn't want to pick a fight with the uh, the Bloodline." You know, we told them to pick a fight with the Bloodline. He's like, why? Why? You guys are four people. You know, Bloodline might be, um, what, they're, they're three people. They might be four people, theoretically. Because Paul Heyman, theoretically, that's what I say. There's really three people in the Bloodline. And there's three people, three guys in the uh, the OC. So why are you so scared? Three on three. Oh, that's terrible. And then you got Chin. She can definitely take out Paul Heyman. So you got four on three, really. Oh, we don't want to take the Bloodline because we're too scared. We're just the, we're just the OC, we're the good brothers. It's like so read. Are you kidding me? So dumb. I mean, uh, that's why I can't, I can't see Carl Anderson, you know, Gallows. Um, they probably, their home is uh, Impact Wrestling. That's what I see. Making zero impact in the WWE. Zero impact in the WWE. Ridiculous. So in the ring there, we got ourselves what's left of the bloodline. Roman Reigns never there. He's just a, the guy on the phone now. Ridiculous, Roman Reigns. So ridiculous. So uh, Solus Koa clears the ring of uh, any contract signings. And uh, before Paul Heyman can really get into a diatribe, it is the, I guess, the official, the unofficial head of the table. Jimmy! Jimmy, Jimmy! Jimmy Uso! Takes the mic right out of Paul Heyman's hands. And starts blabbering around. He starts, hey, uh, yeah, he's just like uh, Donald Faison in uh, Scrubs, just like his character. Well, again, you know, uh, hey, I'm uh, happy go lucky. Hey. And, you know, uh, it's not a prediction, it's a, uh, you know, uh, hey, hey. so ridiculous. And uh, uh, a little foliage happened behind me, but it's okay. It happens. So, yeah, Jimmy Uso just overstepping his boundaries. He thinks he's like the, the, the tribal chief. It's hilarious. So, comes down to this uh john cena will have nothing of it that's it john cena runs down there you know hit my music 
you know. That's right. God has his music every time. So John Cena runs down the ring, holds cord, tries to blah, head him off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And he gets hit in the head there. John Cena charges the ring more. He takes out some uh, Jimmy. Because Jimmy was, uh, he was saying stuff like, you shouldn't get involved with the bloodline. The bloodline. Talking for uh, Roman Re Well, I mean, someone's got to talk for Roman Reigns. He's never there. Never, never there. So anyways, uh, John Cena's doing a good job taking out the uh, Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa. Until, of course, it uh, becomes a little bit overwhelming for uh, John Cena. John picks up Solo Sokoa for his uh, attitude adjustment to double A. The, uh, you know, Death Valley driver. But he gets super kicked in the face. But Jimmy! Mm -hmm. And then there's the 2 one one day Solo Sokoa gives him the old spike Oa. Mm -hmm. People are actually cheering for The Rock. The Rock. Rocky, Rock, really, really, why would their bloodline want to come in and beat up the bloodline? You know, why would they want the bloodline's family to come down to help John Cena beat up his family? It makes zero sense. Let's go, Rock, where's the Rock, really? Come on now. Rock and Cena might be friends, but, you know, bloodline's different story. Anyways... And then it's Jimmy Uso making a statement by splashing him, not once, but twice. And they really stretched the segment out. The splashes took a long time. Um, and then the ending, of course. Jimmy, he signs a contract. Hands it to Solo Sokoa. He looks back at the uh, wise man himself, Paul Heyman, who gives him the nod, okay, and he signs a contract. And then unthinkable, Jimmy Uso hands the contract back to John Cena. Mm-hmm. Now John Cena can have someone else sign a contract so now he can get another partner. It's not a... Yeah, John Cena can easily get someone else to sign it. So who will be John Cena's new partner? Will it be Carl Anderson? Will it be Luke Gallows? Will it be Meechin? All I know is before that happens, uh, he plays on a contract and then uh, splashes him one more time. One more time. One more time. John Cena. Mm -hmm. Poor John Cena. Mm -hmm. He gets squashed. And, uh, and who's going to be fighting the bloodline at the uh, fast lane? Doesn't, I don't know. But that does wrap it up for this episode of SmackDown. And also concludes this episode of Wrestling Slow. Out of wrestling slow. I've been your host, Lip Hazlewood, um, saying uh, stay tuned for uh, next time on the wrestling show for a brand new episode. So, for anybody who stuck around to the very end of this uh, episode, I hold a very special place in my heart just for you. So, like I say, join us again on another episode another time. I'm see you later. Lewis Ling Show, show. Oh, 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 baby, baby.